Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 273 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, the founder of Sifted, and one of the hosts of the show. The other one is alongside me. His name is Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Not much. How's your week been? Um, all right. A lot of, a lot of playing something that we can't talk about yet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, just a heads up, and I know I've said this before, and you, and look, I would... You can totally disregard this statement if you want to. I would understand why you why you would. Um, today's show is going to be shorter than usual. <laughs> um, Heard and that the reason, before. The reason why is because Matt and I have been playing Far Cry 6 for days and days now. Um, but we cannot talk about it on today's show because, and this really sucks, the embargo is up tonight at 4 a.m. Pacific time. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the night, the embargo goes up for Far Cry 6. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to do the show for you guys live here on Twitch. And it'll probably be around two hours, two hours and 15 minutes. Um, and then we're going to end the show. And then Matt and I are going to record a deep dive for Far Cry 6 um, that I'll have to run home and cut together uh, for embargo. I don't think it's going to be done for 4 a.m., uh, but I think it will be done early tomorrow morning. Uh, so you'll be able to get our takes on Far Cry 6 well before the game comes out. Um yeah, we can't say anything about it, unfortunately. We can't even like give you any hints or anything on today's show, unfortunately. Uh, but that's the way the industry works, and uh, you got to follow it. That's one thing you learn very quickly in the mm-hmm. games industry is that you follow the embargo information. So while we'd love to... You will to... not be following any more embargo <laughs> information. <laughs> so while we would love to uh, share our impressions of Far Cry 6 here on the show, we can't. And we're going to record it offline uh, after we get done with the show today. Um, today's show is... We haven't done a show like this in a while. Um We've had enough games to kind of do normal episodes for quite a mm-hmm. while. Uh, but unfortunately, this week, there aren't a lot of big game releases, but there are a ton of stories. So this week's episode, we have 11 topics, I think, which is crazy. We usually do like seven, maybe. Uh, so we have 11 topics this week. I don't think each one of them is going to go more than like 10 minutes. So if you're someone who tunes into Game Face and you're like, oh, Shane and Matt are talking for 40 minutes about a game again, and maybe you tune out, you won't have to worry about that today. We're going to be good to go. Um, let's see. Any other housekeeping? I don't think so. This is like the last down week before we have at least like two big games. We'll have Metroid Dread for next week's episode. Mm-hmm. We'll probably follow up about Far Cry 6 in next week's episode too because we played a lot of it. Yeah. But I don't even know if I can say this. But a lot of it is not <laughs> anywhere near all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've played Far Cry before. Yeah, you've like, played Far Cry before. You played Far Cry before, and you've done this. Oh, I've been playing a long time. How to? Oh my God, the map just keeps zooming out, doesn't it? Like, it's like <laughs> we will not confirm or deny if this Far Cry is like previous Far Cries, but you have played Far Cry before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, we'll probably swing back on Far Cry again in next week's episode. Uh, but for now, we can't really say anything about it until tomorrow morning. It'll be up at uh, sifted.net and patreon.com slash sifted. Speaking of which, if you're watching this show on YouTube or if you're listening to it on one of five or six different podcast services the show is on, uh, and you'd like to support us, please head to patreon.com slash sifted. Um, We are supported 100% by our patrons, and our Patreon is at like an all-time low right now. So I know I said this last week, but... If you've ever thought about supporting us on Patreon, now is absolutely the time to do that. Uh, We'd appreciate it a lot. Also, if you can't afford uh, to help us monetarily and you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can give us a free $2.50 every month. 
um, just by linking your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account and then subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. And again, if you are on YouTube, the instructions for that are down below. Once you connect your accounts, it's just two clicks and you never have to reconnect your accounts. Every month after that, it's literally just two clicks. So if you could do that, we'd really appreciate it. Um, I made a, a big pitch for that on uh, Game Face last week. And because of the way things work, I come in and I can see what's happened in our chat. And two people had subscribed to <laughs> Twitch Prime. So not going so good. YouTube people would really appreciate it if you could do it. It's free. It costs you nothing, and it makes a big difference for us. So we'd really appreciate it. Uh, before we get going, let's take a look in chat. Some people have hooked us up with Twitch Prime uh, since we got here today. And we're already at level two of the hype train, which is awesome. So thank you. Uh, let's see. Les Deved, thank you for subscribing at Tier 1. Um, Rosencrans, thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime. Axel F1986, thank you. And Mr. 60, thank you. One Super Master Gamer, thank you. Karma Lounge, thank you. You guys are awesome. 23 months, 31 months, 35 months for some of you guys. That's awesome. That's quite a streak. Considering earlier in the year, we didn't even do a show really for like three weeks straight when I was having medical issues. So thanks, guys. <clears throat> Really appreciate it. it. makes a big difference for us. But like I said, we have a ton of topics to get to today. we got two hours to do it. So I don't want to spend too much time messing around here, shooting the crap, as it were. Let's get straight into the show. We're going to kick things off with the other game that I played this week. And Matt, normally I would not have played this game. I was actually curious about this one because it was getting some good buzz. It, Dude, IGN gave it a 9 out of 10. Mm -hmm. So... I saw that, and I was like, all right, I'm playing it. So I reached out to mm -hmm. PR. They hooked me up with a review code, and yeah. I went at it. Have you I'll, played this? I haven't, but I've, but I've had my eye on it in a weird way. Also, like, I don't know if anyone's seen. There's a, there's a YouTube channel called 3D Bot Maker. No. And they do, like, races of die-cast Oh, cars, yeah, I've seen that. Like, downhill yeah, races. Yeah, yeah, I've seen And they that. do, like, a full, like, diorama with, like, announcers and everything. <laughs> and it's extremely entertaining I don't, like it's way more engaging than it should be they I did a watched Ferrari it one time and I was shocked at how long yeah. I kept watching they, it well they have it's like insane. multiple rounds and like they do a full <laughs> bracket tournament and like what is it they, like earlier this year I think or maybe late last year they did a Ferrari showdown of just like all Ferrari cars <laughs> and people send them in like people customize these things and send them in and they just roll them down the thing and they yeah. see who wins and uh, the the dumb announcer you know because there's obviously the smart announcer right. and the dumb yeah. one as in as in every sports broadcast yeah um, the uh, uh, the dumb one entered a special car and he enters a Fiero, <laughs> which he cannot be convinced is not a Ferrari. And it That's does good. really well. And so, like, the, the, uh, so it's the other announcer being incredibly annoyed that, like, the Ferrari competition is being won by a Fiero. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's extremely entertaining. I, 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 I like, partly because, and they were advertising, I think, this, or, or maybe. Maybe my social media started showing me Hot Wheels Un Unleashed ads because I was watching that yeah, thing, yeah. and I was like, "Hmm, like, like I thought about, like I kept, I keep thinking about it, and I, and actually, part of me was like, maybe I should play that, and then I'm like, Shane would think it was weird that I, w I played a Hot Wheels game, wanted to talk about it on the show. <laughs> I've watched those too. I've also watched the Marble Races. Yeah, the Marble Races. Mar uh, Marbula One is really good. I got into that at the beginning of the lockdown last year. It was YouTube's insane. I don't know why that's so entertaining. And they put holes. so much effort. I know. And the, the best part is when like a car crashes and it lands on one of the like the little model people, yeah. and they have like a funeral. Like the next the next episode starts with like a rainstorm and like someone's put a wreath by the track yeah. and stuff. It's amazing. It is amazing. 
Um, this 3D, game 3D is bot not maker, as... check that stuff out. Really, <laughs> really do check that out. Uh, well, what convinced me to give it a try, literally, I'll just be honest, was that IGN gave it a 9 out of 10. And not only was it the score, it was what they said in the review. Like, it is literally one of the most glowing reviews I've seen for a game, and I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right. I mean, to be fair, the expansion for uh, Forza Horizon was really good, too. Well, let's let's slow the roll on the really good here, Matt, because this. Oh, is it? We we do we have another uh, death loop situation here? It, no, it, it may be worse than death loop. Ooh. Um, as far as like the disparity between mm. the review score and what I ended up playing of the game, um, the game is called Hot Wheels Unleashed. It is available for pretty much everything. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's on every platform. <laughs> Three versions. Yeah, yeah, three versions. It of, is like how much you want to spend for like, extra crap. Yep. And um, it's even on Switch, which a lot of games aren't. It is an arcade-style racer. It is a very simple arcade-style racer. It has gas, brake, and turbo, and that's it. Mm. There's no power slide button or anything like that. You can power slide in the game, but it's more a function of letting off the gas, getting back on the gas so the tires break loose, and then kind of wiggling the stick as you go around the turns. Um, I never quite mastered the... Power slide, as far as like being as good at it as I am in other games like Mario Kart or whatever. Um, and in honesty, a lot of the tracks you don't really need to power slide because the turns are so gradual. Um, but a big part of that obviously depends on the cars. And one thing I do love about this game is that they got the cars right. Um, as you'll see throughout this B-roll, the the attention to detail to the cars is kind of insane. Like. I don't know if you remember your Matchbox cars oh, or your yeah. Hot Wheels cars. I still have them. Are you kidding? Do you? In a box somewhere, yeah. But like, I love those. That was like my first thing I loved as a, as a me very, too. very young kid. I loved them, yeah. And if, if you ever played with Hot Wheels or Matchbox cars, you know after you play with them for a long time, like the paint gets yeah. rubbed off on like the corners and whatnot. That's in here. Mm-hmm. Like the paint is like distressed. Some of them are scratched. Some of them, the windshields have the scratches on them that mm-hmm. they would get over time. Um, yeah, it's like the, the Hot Wheels equivalent of like in the Lego movie where the, the astronaut has the snapped chin yeah. thing. Like yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it totally <laughs> happened all the time. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the other thing I would I say about this game, too, is that I had forgotten how many iconic Hot Wheels cars there were. Oh, yeah. Like oh, that yeah. green one. Like I never liked it. No. But I remember well, it. Even watching the footage, I'm like, oh, yeah, that dragon thing. Oh, like, yeah. I remember that dragon thing. Yeah. I don't know when that started, or maybe that wasn't when I was a kid, but I do know that dragon Hot Wheels car. The cars, the, the game is loaded with cars yeah. that you'll recognize, like, over and over again. Because yeah. I actually had more Matchbox than Hot Wheels. Did you? Yeah. I was a Hot Wheels kid. I, did, I didn't have a preference, just my grandma and my mom are the ones who bought them for me, and they tended to buy Matchbox and not Hot Wheels. And then later on why. came the Micro Machines oh, yeah, and micro all machines that other stuff that came along with it. Ertle and I also had the giant Tonka ones, you know, the Tonka, yeah. the Tonka trucks and stuff that were, yeah. like, as big as we were. You yeah. Know? You I got clobbered. kill a man with I, them. I could... literally got clobbered in the head with yeah. them. Yeah. And it almost killed me. Yeah. I was like six years old. They're huge. And They're... I raced some kid, and he literally, after I won the race, and he smashed me in the head with a Tonka truck. <laughs> that, yeah. that'll, that can kill a man. It literally yeah. almost killed me. Six. It almost killed me. I still have the scar right here on my head mm. from it. It's still there all these years later. So anyway, and they do a great job with the cars. And in all honesty, they do a great job with the tracks, too. Again, you're checking out the B-roll right now. However... I feel like some of the adherence to the IP has made the game a little bland and boring because all the tracks are kind of the same. They're just these colored, like, plastic chutes that you drive down. Um, And there's not a lot of variety in the tracks, in my opinion. 
Uh, but you do get all like the little special sets, like the loops and the corkscrews. And I do wish that the turbo in this game, like there are patches on the ground that you drive through and to give you turbo. I wish the turbos in this game were the things that really give you turbo on a real Hot Wheels track, which are those like kind of, I don't know how to explain them. Little uh, things little, that you drive through. Yeah, and little they, wheel spinners. Yeah, like the, that the, send the car the along. Yeah. Like I think that could have been a great gameplay element too, because as you jockey for the positions to get in one of the slots to get your turbo, the risk reward of that I think would be good. Would be pretty good. Instead, they're just patches on the ground uh, yeah, like that F-Zero give you style. Yep, like. A lot of racing game style, honestly. Yeah. I always think of F Zero. I always think of the healing zone in F Zero when I yep. see that. Yeah. And another thing that doesn't help with the track variety is that there are just five environments in the game. Um, and they're all big world, small car type stuff, which works in some games, doesn't work in others. It doesn't work great in this game because the tracks are like you, they're so bereft of any off-track stuff because there are these little tracks in this huge like basement or in this huge locker room or in this huge living room or whatever. So a lot of the off-track objects are way, way back in the background. So it just feels kind of like you're racing on this plastic track and there's just nothing else around, um, which I don't know. It seems very sterile to me, which is weird for a Hot Wheels mm-hmm. game. It seems like it should be more over the top. I mean, it looks kind of sterile. It does. And here's here's a question I have. That was kind of one of the things holding me back on on buying it was like I just kept looking at it and be like like I believe that it's that, that the controls work and are tight or whatever, but like I kept looking at it and be like it doesn't grab me in a weird it, way. It hasn't grabbed me and I've played 5 6 hours of it. Hmm. It's the other problem too is that the difficulty settings, the easy is really easy. And I get that. Because yeah, for kids, really young kids, kids are going to play it. The next one up is like hair pulling. <laughs> like you will finish. So in the easy setting, you'll finish the race almost a full lap ahead of the other racers. In the second setting up, the next setting up from that, I was lucky to finish in the top five. Hmm. And even after I got really good at it, 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 that difficulty setting, it comes down to mastering the tracks and learning shortcuts. And there are some cool shortcuts in this that like, you know how some shortcuts in Mario Kart, you're like, is that intentional? Or mm-hmm. did I just discover like a way to like loop down to the bottom of Rainbow Road or whatever? That's how all the shortcuts in this game feel like. They None of them feel like they're intentional. They feel like you just discovered like, oh, when I come out of this loop, there's this other piece of the track that's way down there. And I could try to land on it. Oh, look at that. I can. And look, I do believe probably they were intentional. It's just the way the tracks are designed that it makes it feel that way. And so if you want to win just on that second difficulty setting, you have to master the track. So you're hitting every turbo pad. You can't miss a turbo pad. And then you have to master the shortcuts. And one thing I will say is other cars help you find the shortcuts because uh, they'll start taking them. Just on that second difficulty setting, they start taking, like, the goofy mm. shortcuts. Um, so it's challenging. I struggled to find a happy medium where I enjoyed playing the game. Because, it's, look, I don't mind if after I've spent several hours with a game, it gets to that point. This is right out of the gate. Like, the first race on a second difficulty setting, you basically had to master the track and hit all the turbo pads and hit at least one shortcut, or you're not even going to finish in the top five. Um, so it's a little odd that it's so challenging for a game that's meant for kids. But again, I even think kids, the easy setting is going to be way too easy for them. Like, you can win on the easy setting without ever power sliding, maybe without even using a turbo, honestly. Um, what else? There's a track creator. That's crazy in depth, like literally crazy in depth. 
there's no way – well, again, I know a lot of times I say kids aren't going to be able to do something, and you correct me, and you're like, oh, you're they underselling will. the kids. You're right. Like, maybe they fill around with this, and if they're big Roblox players, they'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, this is easy or whatever. I found it challenging and overwhelming to build a track in this and unintuitive. I didn't find the tools to be user-friendly. The tutorials for it weren't great. They didn't really explain much. There's one thing I've learned about the younger kids, like maybe like 15 and under. They are not intimidated by anything yeah. like that. Like, like – these kids grew up with Roblox and Minecraft. Like they, they, mm-hmm. they just see they just see possibility and are able to like define what they want out of them. It's really interesting. It's it's also probably why they, you know, the generation before them sort of like turned to anxiety and panic uh, in response to the world. And my niece and her peers are sort of like, like oh, nothing matters cool like, like there's, <laughs> there's like this thing where it's like we can just choose whatever we want to do and like they do that like they they build castles out of out of chaos in mm-hmm. these games like it's like the uh, mario mario maker too like that you know they, they you're like i don't know what any of this is and you're just like oh it gave me 20 minutes and i've made a song with a bunch of bricks and it's just like what the f-? they're also all in the shape of box original quartet i'm like oh f- <laughs> So, okay. Damn gifted Point children. Like, You're get right. out of here. I mean, there probably are kids that are going to be able to handle yeah. building the tracks. Also, we got to remember, you know, and we don't really probably do this anymore, but I remember when I was a kid and I would focus on something all day. Yeah. Like I would. Like I would draw if, something. I would draw something all day. Or obsessed I obsessed with it. I'd design yeah. something all day or mm-hmm. I'd build something all day or I'd yeah. play something all day. I don't understand what the Crescent Hawks Inception wants me to do at the end of the star map thing. But I'm going to play the game four times today to get to it and see if I figure it out each time. Yeah. And I didn't. <laughs> but I still did it. Like. Like the 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 days when I could just sit there and do something that repetitive and that like I'm gonna figure this out or I'm gonna understand how this works thing like I don't I look back and I really admire my eight year old self for being able to do that because I can't do that <laughs> you know, anymore. To focus yeah. and stay dedicated to a task. Yeah, yeah I think that's before you I, got I, corrupted I by our ADHD world. Right. Well, also I think it's before I knew what existential dread was. Oh. Because <laughs> there's a point at which I'm just like I should be doing something else because my life is finite. <laughs> and like when you're eight, you don't think about it. You don't that. think about it. You're like, I got my whole life ahead yeah. of me. And you do. Um, here, I have a question for you, Matt. The vehicles in this game have engine sounds. Mm-hmm. What do you think they should have done with the, with the car sounds in this game? Because obviously they're Hot Wheels cars. They do not have yeah. engines. I mean, the... Uh, they the, sound like lawnmowers I mean, also. They, they are obviously self-propelled, considering the turbo thing. Um, I... It seems like the people who like these cars and, and like, like, especially judging by that 3D bot maker thing, like they put engine sounds in too. They put accurate engine sounds in for whatever type of car is racing. I mean, uh, they do in that post. in this too. Like, and if it's like, a hot rod, it'll yeah. the engine will sound louder. But like, you know, if that's sort of the conceit, like I can get behind it. Like, it's weird. It would, it would be weird if they were just silent and all you heard was like, or the if you wheels, heard the whooshing just heard the sound wheels on the, the wheels track. on the track. Yeah, yeah, but that would be, I don't know. Like that would It's not an easy problem to solve. Yeah. No, I mean I think it is a pretty easy problem to solve. You just give them engines. Yeah. Like I, I think engines are the right call there, because otherwise it's gonna be too quiet. Because it's interesting too. And like repetitive. If, if you see the cars flip upside down, you can see their Hot Wheels. Like they have mm-hmm. the, the serial number on the bottom and all like the copyright stuff like the Hot Wheels really have. I mean, they're obviously toy cars, but they do have real engine sounds. Um and the audio the audio itself is so basic. Like, this whole game is really basic. They've got the racing down okay. The track design is all right. But, like, the modes, you get, like, the basics. You get time attack. You get quick races. Um, the main mode in the game is called Hot Wheels City Rumble. And you saw a little 
piece in the B-roll earlier. It's almost like a 2D Mario like map where you win mm-hmm. a race and then it goes back to the map and it unlocks a couple other races in the city, but it's all just very and there's like text bubbles that pop up that try to like create some sense of a story like like basically they just got the game up and running with very simple modes and then just put very little garnish on it. It's I don't know. It's $50. It's not cheap. Um, I mean, I'll say this: I've played it for five or six hours, and I don't. There's no end in sight. Even though there are only five um, different areas that they base the tracks on, there are tons of variations of each one, and they just keep mixing and matching. Like now, here's a time trial on this new version of this track you've played fifty times already. Sounds like Forza Horizon. A little bit, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I would definitely not recommend buying this at 50 bucks. Like, this to me is a $30 game, max. I feel, like, I feel like that'll get there pretty soon. I do too, but, I mean, look, I'm not going to say someone's review is wrong. I will say I vehemently disagree with a 9.0 for this game. Um, in my opinion, it's not even close. It is an indie game that they didn't have the budget to really kind of add all the trimmings to. Um, the racing engine feels okay, but it just also feels like there's no feedback like and i get it their car is running on a plastic track 95 percent of the time but there's just no like force feedback that you feel from the road it just i felt completely disconnected from this game while i was playing it i guess is the best way to put it and there are problems endemic to it being based on hot wheels like you know they're caught they're toys they don't have engines so instead they sound like lawnmowers or whatever um did i have fun with it yeah, like I think I had more fun with it at first, and as it became more challenging, I my enjoyment of it. Here you can see the map I was talking about. So you finish a race and unlock some other race in this little city map environment, hmm. and then you just the, rinse and repeat. Uh, the chat suggests that the engines should have been made by children, like children making engine oh, sounds. Oh, that's, that's a not a bad idea. idea. I like that. That might get annoying. Over that would time. get definitely annoying. <laughs> but I'll tell you, but what. it'd be a fun option. It'd be like you could switch between <laughs> like like what you're saying, like a realistic sounds or engine sounds or child sounds. Yeah, like that would be fun. That'd be cool. Um, I mean, the engine sounds get annoying anyway. Yeah. So why not mix it up if you can? That's a clever idea, though, a, way, a clever way to approach it for sure. Yeah, that was uh, Erebus Jones. Yeah. Um, I would say this. The Hot Wheels stuff in Forza Horizon, way better than this. Way better. Um, in fact, I would recommend that maybe they just do an entire spinoff of Forza Horizon based on Hot Wheels. Um, Again, I just felt disconnected while playing the game, and I grew up with Hot Wheels, so I have a lot of affinity for this IP. I loved seeing the old cars, mm-hmm. um, and there is like a loot box element to it too. As you win races, you earn money, and then you spend that in-game currency to buy the loot box, and then you get a random car. You don't know what it's going to be until you open it. Um, so there's that element. There's a gotcha element to it. Kids probably will love that. Um, there you saw a quick look at like the, the track stuff. And then there was online multiplayer too. I should have mentioned that. Um, it has problems. There was a bunch of times where I would join a race. Everything would work. Like you get to pick a track. Everyone gets to vote on a track before the race starts. I would go through that whole process. The screen would go black. I could hear the race starting and I could not see my car. Um, and then once I did get into a couple races, some of the people on this game have, are just demons. Like they've been pl- mm. you can tell they've been playing it for a really long time. I never got lapped, but like cars, the cars have a, a big effect in this. There are some cars, literally, I couldn't make it around a turn without hitting the guardrails. Like it was impossible, um, but they'd have like the top speed or whatever. Um, but a lot of the people who are playing this online have been playing it religiously 
and they have cars that I don't have, and and it makes a big difference. Like you're probably wondering why why does Shane why does this B-roll have the same green car? It's because I tried the other ones and I was terrible with them. Like this car actually stays on the track a lot better than the other ones. It's easier to manage its power slides. And some people I think will like that though that the cars do have a, a wide variance as far as how they perform in races. Um, and you know hopefully you'll be able to find one that you liked. It seemed like this was the one that was unlocked when the game started, and I think that was for a reason. <laughs> it was one of the cars that was unlocked when it started. Um, so anyway. That's Hot Wheels Unleashed. Again, it's available for everything, every platform, PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and Switch. Um, The biggest hang-up for me, though, is the price. It's $50, and there's no way I would pay $50 for this game. In a million years, I wouldn't pay $50. And like you hinted at, Matt, I think this game within three or four months will either be a free game on PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live, or the price will have dropped to... 30 bucks or whatever and that's yeah i can definitely see this dropping to 30 during like a christmas sale or a spring sale yeah and that's about what i would pay for it 30 bucks maybe even like 25 um i don't know again it's like I, a good drought game yeah like if you if you hit if you get like if you get it cheaper in a summer sale next year when nothing's coming out it just becomes mo- monotonous very quickly mm-hmm. because again it's just five different environments sometimes monotony can work for a kid though yeah yeah, and the racing feels solid but not exceptional, and the handling of the license I think is true to the IP, mm-hmm. but it, I don't think in some ways it makes it a better video game, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the challenges of dealing with an IP, and the best developers figure out a way to make every part of it compelling working with the IP. Right. I don't feel like that so, was done here. So are the the gotcha thing, is that just they give you random packs when you win of cars, like when you win... The thing, or do you buy so them? Do they you, want? Do you? They want? Are there loot boxes to buy? Yeah, I, I mentioned that. Like there's oh, like literal real, real money? money. Oh, I don't know. I didn't check to see if I could pay for them. I don't think mm, so. Okay. I think it's all in in-game currency. Okay. Um, and I do. I do think I unlocked a couple cars just by winning races. But then there was a couple that I just bought the loot box with in-game currency and mm-hmm. got a couple more. Um, and the cards they don't unlock very quickly either. You got to work for them. Um, I mean, I played it for five or six hours, and I think I unlocked seven or eight cars, maybe, something like that, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Um, so uh, I feel like like you and like me, I think a lot of people are seeing some of these reviews and being like, oh, my God, like, wow, this could be like sleeper hit mm-hmm. of 2021. I completely disagree with that. Um, I definitely recommend steering clear of this game. I like what they're trying to do, and I think they're onto something. And I think that if they stick with it, it could become something really cool and really good. Uh, but this game feels like they just got like the bare minimum working and they just pushed it out the door. No frills, um, just very basic in its modes and its racing. Um, like no power slide button is weird for an arcade racer. There aren't many that don't have that. So um, I don't know. If you're a huge Hot Wheels fan, maybe, or you have kids, maybe. But I'll say this, if you have kids, and you're going to be racing with them on that easy mode. It's going to be boring AF. So good luck with that one. Uh, but anyway, that's Hot Wheels Unleashed. Again, it's available for everything. 50 bucks, way too steep for my blood. Um, I would spend 30 25 for it. And eventually, I think, not even that long from now, either it'll be free on PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live, or the price will be drastically reduced. Mm-hmm. Vincent asks, which is better, Hot Wheels or Cruise and Blast? Oh, that's a good question, actually. Cruise and Blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a lot more fun with Cruise and Blast. And it's, like, dumb and, like, over the top, but it's just fun. And the tracks are better. I felt like, I'll say this, 
Cruise in Blast was like when you go around a turn, you just kind of locked onto a rail. There was no skill in power sliding, and there wasn't a lot of skill involved in the game at all. Um, so in that way, Hot Wheels is better. It's more skill-based driving. There's more intricacies to the driving. Um, but it's just as far as like I played this video game, did I have fun? Cruisin' destroys it. Mm. Um, so if you're thinking about those two games, I would go with Cruisin'. Uh, just keeping in mind that the competitive side of Cruisin' isn't quite as good as Hot Wheels Unleashed. All right, let's move on. We're going to do it, Kyle. We're going to get this show, and we're going to get all these topics in in under two hours, I believe. Uh, let's see. Big story that came out this weekend from the UK, oddly enough, is that for the PlayStation 5, at least, Sony has started doing free trials for some of its mm. games. And the two games that it picked was Death Stranding and Sackboy. Two games that I would argue haven't sold as well as maybe mm-hmm. PlayStation had hoped that they would. Um, let's see if I can remember this correctly. Sackboy, you got five hours. Death Stranding, you got six hours, which sounds awesome, right? You hear it at first, and yeah. you're like... That's barely anything in Death Stranding in terms of like getting to the actual meat of it. I think you'll figure out whether you want to keep playing at that, at that point, though. Yeah, I think that's also the problem is like you maybe don't want someone to play Death Stranding before you take their money for it. <laughs> That might just be me. That could be too. I I highly doubt that's the angle here, but (laughs) (laughs) I like your altruistic beliefs, though, Kyle. Um, So that sounds awesome. You're like, wow, they're going to let me try out these games for a big chunk. Five hours, six hours, that's not small. For most games, I think that's more than enough. And then they discovered... Is Sackboy that long? It's not. You may be able to finish it in that amount of time. I think it's longer than that. I think I remember it being like 12 hours or something. Mm. It's not as short as you think. Um so anyway, you hear this, and you're like, wow, that's a great idea. That's you know, probably going to help them sell games that maybe aren't selling as well as they should. It's going to be nice to be able to sample stuff, like legitimately sample it, before you plunk your money down for it. And then they realize that the timer starts when you start the download. And mm. Eurogamer's editor, and typically people in Europe have way better, better internet than us, said that it took him two and a half hours to download... Death Stranding. Yeah, that's a big game. And by, by the time he got it done, he had like three and a half hours to play the actual game. So is, is it a, a, a so it's the, the timer starts when you hit download. Yep. And it's just six hours later. Yep. Like you, it's not even active time, and it's just like you reserve six hours oh, to no, do no, this. No, it's or not nothing? real time. Like okay. it's like once you start downloading it and start playing it, it accumulates the time. But the, da- the timer starts when you start downloading it. So I think as long as you have it like open or engaged, it counts towards the time. Now, some crafty players have figured out some convoluted way to get around it where you Vincent like... Vincent says it is real time. Like as soon oh, as it you, is just six you, hours? As soon as you hit download, you have six hours from then. Oh, my God. That's that even is, worse. That is bonkers. <laughs> That's insane. Thanks for that, Vincent. I, I mean, I think I just assume nobody would do something that's stupid yeah that's incredibly like you want me to block out six hours of my day for death stranding including downloading it go away that's insane dude like that's that's ridiculous and again there is a way around it which involves starting a new creating a new account in the same territory that you live in and then doing some kind of convoluted like start downloading it on the old account then start playing it on the new it's like why what are you doing like at worst like Start the timer when I open the game for the first time, and that's it. Like right. I have, I have up to six hours to play one session, and if I waste that time, that's my fault. Still but like still with the download, stupid, but a lot better. But at least give me control. I mean, 
at least give me control. Even Amazon's rentals give me control of when the timer starts for when I watch the movie. Right. Like, yeah, it's you know I rent it when I want it, and it doesn't count against that until I start watching it. No, was- actually, no, it, yeah, I have forty eight hours to watch a movie, but like. It gives me forty eight hours. That's six hours from when I hit hit buy. You know, like it's it's a very weird way to do that. Now it's only been rolled out but in the UK Sony. so far, and I think probably for good reason. Yeah, good test market, boys. Yeah, because Sony's like, well, we need to check this out first to see if people are into this before we launch it worldwide. And I think they've got the resounding answer of no. Yeah, I'm not sure how that made it out of a meeting. Frankly, I know. like I mean, this stuff happens all the time, man. Where we're like, wait a minute, did they ask anybody about this before they decided to do it? Like That was certainly my question after seeing Venom 2. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so what do you Which think the solution Which was also a is? Sony product, I might Yeah, add. that's a good point. What do you think the solution is, Matt? Do you think it's like what you said, like just like once you start playing at six hours? Do you think you should just get six hours of playtime period? Like honestly, most demos are. Yeah, you should just have a certain amount of time you can play that demo when you right. play it. Yeah. And if you want to make it less than six hours because you're eliminating download time and you only want to give me two hours of playtime, fine. But, like, let me decide when those two hours happen. Right. If you're willing to give me six hours of playing the game, then why does it matter when it happens? Right. Why do I have to do it in one sitting? Why, why are you including downloading? What is wrong with you? That is the dumbest thing I've heard really in a is. long time from, from any of these. Yeah. It's, it's idiotic. Um, so will that roll out to the West? Probably not. Well, I guess Europe is the West, but will it roll out to the U.S. not in its current form? I don't think anyway. No, think... it'll it'll be altered before that. Like, do you think that they'll do what we suggested? They'll have to do something like that because that is nonsense. It's pointless. Yeah. Because if I download a demo like that, I may even forget that I downloaded it and yeah. like never come back to it. Like that's six. You know how it takes two hours to download something. Lots of things can happen in two hours that you need to go do something else. Or yeah, now you gotta start making dinner or like whatever. And like by the time you get back, it's like oh sorry. And then you've like downloaded like forty gigs for nothing. Yeah. And some places sometimes people have like caps, caps and so like it's yep. incredibly ridiculous. And, and in it's, Europe, caps and it's are like much more blatantly prevalent. disrespectful of your time. Yeah. Like it's it's really dumb. It is interesting that they gave Death Stranding an extra hour because I think to your point that you 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 brought up earlier is like, do you really get that game in five hours? Yeah, it's I borderline. Erebus suggests a technical issue that they need a time. So like, figure something else out. What kind of technical issue could it be? He says like they might need a timestamp on the servers they can track, but like, then don't roll mark, it out until you got it locked yeah, down. Yeah, mar- mark it when I open the game for the. I, they, I guarantee you, they know when I open the game. No, oh, yeah, time. for sure. So absolutely, yeah. yeah, they know when you start playing it. There's no doubt about that. So Sony hasn't made a lot of missteps, so we're gonna let them slide on this mm-hmm. one. But this is really a boneheaded decision. This is so that's Veritas says sounds on par for Sony's anti-consumer ways. And uh, Nox, Nox Eternitatis, 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 uh, says they did it because they didn't think of stuff like that, not because they're trying to be anti-consumer. I submit to you that not thinking of stuff like that is, in fact, anti-consumer. Yeah. Because you're not thinking about the consumer. It's like, your perspective. Yeah. Like, you're, you, it would never enter their head to think about it from that perspective. So that is, in fact, anti-consumer. anti-consumer. I'd agree with that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, Sony's been doing pretty good here. So we're going to cut them a little slack on this one. For the most part, it's been handling its business pretty darn well. Um, so I'm not going to bang on them too hard, but just interesting. Also, maybe something to look out for in the near future if you're in the U.S. that this may be coming. Hopefully, it's changed a little bit. <laughs> oh, no. There is no conspiracy. I agree with that. They're just stupid. 
<laughs> but they are, in fact, anti-consumer. Yeah, yeah Knox Aeternitis said there's no conspiracy. Yeah, there, I, there's no conspiracy. No, there's no conspiracy to make terrible Venom movies. That's just what they do. <laughs> like, that's what they think we are. Yeah. Like, that's what we think. And they're, yeah. and they're right, because it made $90 million, right. and it's the second biggest post-pandemic opening weekend after Black Widow. Like, Venom, Venom is two they terrible movies that apparently worked for a lot of people. So there you go. Why I mean, try when you can just do that? But let's see if you can pull the same trick off with Jared Leto. Hmm? Yeah, that's a harder that's a harder ask. Jared Leto is no Tom Hardy. That's so. true. That is absolutely true. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's going on in the UK right now. Will it come to the US? Probably. I think it'll be changed by the time it does. But you just don't do stuff like this all willy nilly. Even though it feels like it was absolutely willy nilly, <laughs> it's kind of dangerous to mess with your product in that way without. Yeah, I don't mm. But again, Sony's done pretty good over the last few years, so we'll cut him some slack here. But definitely interesting, definitely something to look out for when it finally makes its way to the United States, which I believe it will. Uh, next up, another Sony story. Um, so we had heard rumors quite about a month ago, two months ago, that Sony had purchased Bluepoint software. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bluepoint. <laughs> yeah, now we're going to move on to something Sony did right. Yeah, Sony did right, which was buying Bluepoint. Mm-hmm. If you aren't familiar with Bluepoint, up to this point, it's primarily been a studio that's been handling remasters of mm-hmm. older PlayStation games. Yeah. And so, then they kind of moved on to remakes recently yep. with Shadow of the Colossus and De- Demon's Souls. Yep, Shadow so, of the Colossus remake, amazing. Yeah, so they did, they've kind of graduated to full-on ground-up remakes Yep, uh, that are supposed to feel like playing the old game, but if they were made today yep. kind of thing. And they've done a great and job. They do, it. They're good at it, yeah. I mean, honestly, they're a really good developer, period. They are. Um, I would argue still that Demon's Souls is one of the best-looking PlayStation 5 games. Yeah, and they're really good at taking something that already exists, figuring out what makes it feel that way and what makes it good, and recreating that, which and is, not, which is not easy to do. Yeah. Like, that is a very difficult balance to find, and they find it pretty much every time. And on a technical level, they're impressive. Yeah, I Demon's mean, look, Souls is gorgeous. Look at this. This is Shadow of the Colossus. This, yeah, it's a PS4 game. That doesn't look like the Shadow of the Colossus that I played. Nope. <laughs> It looks like a completely different game. Um, and you're right. They seem to get what it is about franchises that res- make them resonate with players. Um, and so we had heard this rumor that Sony was going to acquire Bluepoint. And people would ask us in Q&A pretty, pretty consistently, what mm-hmm. studios out there do you guys think should be acquired? Like, what's the top one? And we, Matt and I would say Bluepoint every single time. But I think I always looked at it from the perspective of, you know what? These guys can revive old games that you have in like a year, a year and a half's time, make them way better and create a product that you can sell three, four, five million copies of. Yeah, because like things like this and Demon's Souls, like you don't need to have any kind of affinity for the original game to be interested in playing this version. Yep. Like they can sell themselves. Absolutely. Um, so I think we looked at it from that perspective. So this week, it was announced, first of all, the acquisition was confirmed, and which is odd. I hadn't even realized that it had not yet been confirmed that we were still operating under basically rumors and conjecture. Uh, but the, the purchase was confirmed. And maybe the biggest surprise, other than the fact that I thought it already had been confirmed a long time ago, was that they, or it, is working on an original product. It is not working on a remake or a remaster of some other game. And the initial rumors that have bubbled up involve Bloodborne 2. How do you feel about that? Interesting. Um I'll, I'll, I'll file that under believe it when I see it. You don't believe it? Um, I mean, maybe. 
I don't know. Why but, do you not? Or why are you skeptical? Uh, because while there is a very vocal group that wants that, it is not enough. A big. It's not going to be Sony blockbusters seller. Doesn't so, that seem kind of right in Blue Point's wheelhouse, though? It does. But Shadow like, of the Colossus, the remake probably sold four million. I'm guessing. Yeah, it does. But like, I don't know. Like, it depends what Sony wants to do with this. Is four million enough for them for a studio they just purchased? Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm sure Demon Souls gets a boost from being a launch game. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, mean, I doubt it sold more than a million or two. I don't know. I don't. We don't. Do we not? We don't have any numbers on that. I tried to get out of pack. We. <laughs> he's. There's actually a question on this round of Factor Factor about NPDs, and so I got in a big discussion with him about NPD um, when we recorded the last round of episodes, and I tried to prod him for some <laughs> stuff, and he wouldn't give it up. So mm-hmm. NPD, you've got a, uh, a faithful soldier in Michael Pactor. Um, I wanted that was one of the numbers I was looking for, mm-hmm. and Ratchet. I wanted to know how well Ratchet had sold um, because I'm curious. You know, the yeah. install base isn't very big for these games, and so. Uh, I just wondered if maybe they had only sold like a million or less. Um, but I think expectations-wise, Sony with Blue Point, I mean, a couple millions right around what you would expect. Um, yes, that's still this is it's going to cost more money to make Bloodborne two. Oh yeah, than to remake one of these things. That's true, so. absolutely, because you're starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. You have to build everything. Although they obviously have an engine that yeah, I mean, that rocks. Yeah, yeah, just use the Demon Souls setup you've got, and you know, obviously they would be they would know enough to be able to recreate that. You know the feel of Bloodborne again. I mean, um, I trust them to make Bloodborne. Sure, but do you trust them to make Bloodborne two? Like, right. We, no, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, like, we've I never seen them. we've never seen them do their own ideas on this stuff. So I wonder what the legalities around this are. Sony owns Bloodborne, as far so as I know. So it can give it to any studio at once. As far wants. as I know. I wonder I mean, how From would feel about that. I mean, I'm sure From was somewhat involved in the Demon Souls remake, and they don't seem to have Miyazaki doesn't seem to have any interest in touching Bloodborne again. Yeah, so. I wonder why that is. He wants to do his own stuff. Yeah. Elden Ring is at least a step forward, it seems like. I mean, like Bloodborne was his own stuff, though. Yeah, but he's done it. Yeah. What's he going to do? Just do it again? Well, he made three Demons or, or three Dark Souls games. Yeah, I mean, that's true, <laughs> but like that's also sort of part of the deal, isn't it? He did three Dark Souls games. He's like, I don't want to yeah. do that again. I want to keep doing the same thing any- over and over again. Yeah. So, you know, Elden Ring seems like his next step, and who knows what he wants to do after that. Um, also, I do think you could argue, uh, even to him, and certainly their, their treatment of Demon's Souls supports it, like... There was a time when it was like the From Software secret sauce was sort of like, oh, no one else is making these games. Right. But I think you have hit a point where people like Blue Point have, Blue Point have sort of figured out, it's like, okay, we can duplicate this yeah. in some way. We know, what, we know what this kind of game should feel like. Even the clones have started to feel more and more like something legit and Legitimate. of their own yeah. selves. Yeah, um, you know, they're not all, uh, what is it, Lords, what, Lords of the Fallen? Was that the, yeah, that like, was like early, the yeah. first one, the bla- first blatant yeah. kind of ripoff. Yeah, like they're not that anymore. There's like, you know, you can trust some, you know, the Surge 2 is solid. Mm-hmm. And, you know the the mechanics have been absorbed. Even a lot into of the, the indie into ones lexicon. are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot, I know a lot of people like that one. Uh, what was it? I know I can't remember what it was called. Forget. It, I'm never gonna. Pay. It was that weird one? There's it was more, dozens of. Is that weird one? It was like more of a shooter and it had a lot of DLC. Uh, and I hated it. But mm-hmm. like you know what I'm talking. It was like I remember. A, it was, it was it, more yeah. like a diesel punk, steampunky kind of thing. Yeah. What was it? Yeah, you know, I'm talking like in a prison or something. Wasn't it the Surge too? No, it no? wasn't sci-fi. It was it was like. It was like steampunk, industrial punk kind of thing. Mm. It was like, I, I know it if I heard the name, um, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, um, I think this is a not perfect. Code Vein. That was yeah. those vampires. This was more of a, this is a dirtier kind of like grimier game. Can't remember. Yep, someone in chat will eventually remember it. I'm yeah. guessing. 
Um, I, I personally think this is a perfect project for Blue Point because it already cut its teeth on Demon Souls. Remnant, Revenant, the Remnant, Remnant from the Ashes. That's what uh, it was. Yes, disposable Dom. Good job. Good call. Uh, I think this is a perfect project for Blue Point. Mm-hmm. It already cut its teeth on Demon Souls. It obviously. It is a different creating a game from scratch versus just recreating someone else's work, someone else's creativity. Um, but I don't, I don't feel like there's a ton of secret yeah. sauce in Bloodborne. It's, it's also a weird way to phrase that they're working on their an original thing. Yeah, because it's not, it's a, it's not their IP. It's, it's a different right. thing. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Like when the Bloodborne rumors somewhat surprised me because when they were the way they were talking about what they're working on first made it really sound like their own idea mm-hmm. and not like we're going to make a sequel to somebody else's game. Right. But it could be. I don't know. Like, like, like I said. Technically, it would still be an original. Technically, yeah. That's a real weaselly way to say that. But uh, well, they're trying to weasel out of people figuring out what they're yeah. working on. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, like I said, I'll believe it when I see it. I will gladly play it. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think of that yet. Flip a coin at this point, I'd say. I would a studio like that. I think it's smarter to give them this project because mm-hmm. have they ever built their own game from scratch? I think maybe in their early days they did. Yeah, I can't remember. But in the last six, seven years, it certainly hasn't. the current team hasn't. Right, and so giving them at least like a framework to kind of build on um, and to kind of I don't know, give them a foundation, a grounding to start mm-hmm. off with. I think is probably a good idea. Um, you know what the art's going to look like. You know what the primary char- who the primary characters are going to be in the story. Um, you understand the vibe of the game, what you're going to be shooting for. You have targets versus they, just shooting into the abyss. They did um, Blast Factor. Okay, was their first game, and then everything else they've done has been it's all a collection or a port. Okay, because they also did what the Uncharted collection. They did the God of War collection, the e- the Shadow Colossus Eco collection, the Metal Gear Solid HD collection, PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale part to the Vo- to the Vorta to the Vita, the Flower port to the Vita and the PS4, the Titanfall port to 360, the Uncharted collection, the Gravity Rush Remastered Edition, the Shadow Colossus remake, and the Demon Souls remake. Wow. That's a long string. That's a long string of excellent work. It is, but also of working on other people's projects yeah. first. So yeah. there's a little hesitation I have in just throwing them to the wolves with like, here, just come up with your own idea now and just start building a game from scratch. I'm a little nervous about that, but again, I think it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, the pressure would definitely... If Bloodborne 2 is in fact what they're doing, like, the fucking... The heat is on. Like, It'll that, make like, waves, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, and it also, like, imagine if they pull it off. Right. Imagine if Bloodborne 2 comes out and fans of Bloodborne are like, yeah, this is great. This is they exactly what I wanted. Like, that catapults Blue Point into the the, high, into the the high echelon. With PlayStation. Yeah. 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 I think it's a perfect project for them. Um, we'll see if it ends up being high true. High risk, high reward. Yeah. Um, and they do have a listing up on their official website that says, we are creating an original game. So this isn't th- mm-hmm. this is an official statement from Blue Point. This isn't a rumor or conjecture. It is absolutely happening. We'll just have to wait and see. If it is, in fact, Bloodborne 2. But if it is, I think a lot of people will be really flipping happy. Yeah. Like, really happy. Um, and, you know, it, ultimately, it may only sell four or five million, but can you really put a price on invigorating your base? I think it's going to be less and, than that. I think you're in a two, three million range. You think for so? That. Yeah. Even Bloodborne, after? Bloodborne is not, these games are not as popular as the noise of them on the internet would yeah, make Yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, Dark Souls. I mean, the best one I think sold ten ultimately or something yeah, worldwide. Yeah, across everything. Yeah, um, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's not quite PlayStation exclusive level, but I mean, they really sack boy. So 
<laughs> Maybe all bets are off as far as us thinking like a game has to sell 15 million before Sony wants to give it the the time of day. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but It'd be nice if it didn't cuz you know, you want the variety. I mean, it, they did Demon Souls, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I doubt that that's a five million seller either, and it's going to get completely forgotten by the time everybody has a PS Five. When God knows when that's going to be. <laughs> Although it does seem like they're coming into stores pretty regularly, I see people camping outside of Best Buy all the time now, mm-hmm. trying to get them. So uh, they are finally starting yeah. to get the into best. Uh, the best source right now is still the PlayStation like direct thing. Yeah. Because they'll just put you on a waiting list. Mm-hmm. And then when they get them, they just contact you, you pay, and you get your PS5. And you're right. That's, for most people who don't have, like, the time to, like, follow Wario64 on Twitter, mm-hmm. that's your best way to get a PS5. Hassle-free. And some other guy is, like, reliable. the star of, Some other guy is the star of Twitter for finding PS5s now. I can't remember oh, really? his name. There's somebody else who's yeah, taking Wario 64 Wario. doesn't really stick on it these days. So, oh, really? You know, too, busy re- too busy retweeting every imaginable Nintendo $5 <laughs> off bullshit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, this other guy, I can't remember what his name is. It's just like a regular, some dude. And he's just, yeah. he just like. He took over. He picked up the, the baton. And on, ran with it. On the finding the consoles thing and has apparently had some good success with it. So no. Okay. But I don't need one, so I haven't really been paying attention. Yeah. But, look, if you remember his name, mention it, because there's still tons of people trying to find him. So if you figure it out, we can yeah, direct them away. And I'm not telling you to unfollow Wario64. No. Anything, but I have to look at my recent You might want to follow this new guy if you're still scrapping trying to get it. But, again, to Matt's point, the best way to do it is to go officially through PlayStation and just get on the waiting list and just wait. And eventually you'll get an email, and they'll be like, we got one for you. You got... I think what, you have like a couple days to pay or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you pay and it shows up and it's from a reliable source. You're not buying it from someone on eBay. Oh, uh, Matt Matt Swider. Swider, what's uh, the, his Twitter handle? Uh, at Matt Swider. Okay. S-W-I-D-E-R. He's the editor-in-chief at Tech Radar. Oh, okay. Um, he's, been, uh, he's been basically doing a bunch of tra- even tracking things and et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so there you go. But he is the current star of uh, finding, finding a, a PS5. PS5. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Give him a follow, and good luck. Hopefully you get one. But again, just go the easy route and just sign up on PlayStation.com and get on their waiting list. Because um, you're not going to be jumping around Twitter, waiting, trying to follow him and make sure you're getting in within five minutes of him tweeting that there's new ones at Walmart or whatever. You, you know it's going to show up eventually. Um, and I think for most people, that's probably the most ideal route to go. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about Game Pass. Um, <laughs> so even Pactor has struggled to figure out exactly how well Game Pass is doing. Mm-hmm. The last numbers that Microsoft released was 18 million subscribers, which is amazing. So do the math of that. Mm-hmm. 18 million times, I think I'm paying 14 or something a month. I have Ultimate or whatever. Yeah. That's a lot of recurring lot. revenue every month. Um, and for, for whatever reason, Matt, I don't understand this. Why, why would Microsoft not want to trumpet Game Pass numbers from the rooftops? I don't know. Like every month. Just be like, and now we have this many, and now we have this many. Why would it be reluctant to share that information? Maybe saving it until it hits some, whatever their idea of critical mass is. Like, what? I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know what that would be either. But you want you basically you'd want to hit... So I, I feel strategically you'd want to hit some kind of critical mass with it where you knew that even if someone like launched a competitive competitor. service, you wouldn't have to worry about yours collapsing. Like You'd want to hit that profit point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and maybe part of the strategy of not continually announcing how much better it's doing, how fast it's growing, is trying to keep competitors in the dark as to how successful and how exponential this thing's growth is. Well, <laughs> this week, unfortunately. Because the other thing that the perception you get is like, the competitors, and you know, and Pactor said this too, like where he was like, you're sitting there and being like, you can't possibly keep doling out this much money to these companies yeah. this long. This yeah. can't sustain. And if you give away how many, what the numbers are constantly, you are giving them an idea of how you are sustaining it. That's true. And what you need to sustain it. So, yeah. I, th so I think part of it is sort of a trade secret element to it. Interesting. And every once in a while, you have to put something out to prove to the stockholders that you're not just throwing <laughs> money down the toilet. Yeah. You know? um, well, interestingly enough, um, Microsoft still didn't want to share its success. And is it Josh Strelnick from 2K? Is that, am I, I getting his remember. name right? I don't know. Basically, the CEO from Take Two 2K, um, who don't give a fuck, and he does not, <laughs> and he shared publicly while he was with Phil Spencer that Game Pass has now hit 30 million subscribers. Pretty good. So do that math. Think yeah. about that. Let's actually do that math. That's what, what almost four, half a billion dollars mm -hmm. a month from Game Pass already. Well, wait, what? Yeah. Was it 15 bucks a month? 15 bucks a month times yeah, 30 million. So it's it? like $450 million a month. Yeah. Half yeah. a billion a month. Almost half a billion dollars a month. Maybe you could shell out a billion dollars for GTA 6, <laughs> huh? Wow. Two months revenue to get GTA 6 for a year? Wow. Just saying. I know Just we saying, were, Microsoft. You yeah, hate. we brought that up last episode, like money hatting for mm -hmm. Grand Theft Auto and whether it would be worth it. And if it were a billion dollars, if you're Microsoft right now and you're making half a bill mm -hmm. per and month. You now imagine how many consoles and how much people you bring in the, in the ecosystem into the Game Pass if you are buying GTA 6 for that. Imagine how much extra you make. So... With that in mind, what's so? Let's say you so you have thirty million subscribers. How many people do you think would subscribe to Game Pass to get GTA Six? Right, you'd at least double it. You'd double it. A bit. So you'd make that money back in, in like a month and a half. Month and a half, which makes me wonder then, how much would Rockstar ask for for yeah. a year's exclusivity? I'll give you three guesses why Josh knows how many subscribers there are. <laughs> exactly. Wow. I mean. It's amazing, Matt. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, it's worth there it. Are, there are wheels turning behind the scenes here, folks. Uh, there there's definitely some, there's are. Some, there's some dealings. There, and there should be. And remember, stuff like that is happening all the time. We're going to get in. We're going to talk about something similar, you know, related to that later. Yep, absolutely. Um, it's it's the lower third says it's a changing of the guard. Mm -hmm. it, it is flipping the entire games industry upside down. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has the potential to. And it's and as Matt alluded to, it is influencing other things mm -hmm. in the industry that aren't Microsoft. Yeah, like everybody had their eyes on the stupid cloud streaming thing, but this this was what it was. Yes, this is what the, where your eyes should have been. It's amazing what it's done, mm -hmm. and I still ponder like they say this. It's breaking even at least. I don't know if I believe that, but if you get a game like Grand Theft Auto Six. It will absolutely more than break even, because mm -hmm. I believe. Let's say let's, and by then they'll be at forty million or whatever. I fully believe that Grand Theft Auto Six could double their subscribers to Game Pass, like in a week. <laughs> and who knows what they'll be at? God knows when the game's coming out. First of all, mm -hmm. second of all, 
who knows what the number will be when it does come out, where the subscriber base will be already. It's it's a snowball rolling downhill now. Mm-hmm. It really is. The industry's getting it. Um, they're starting to understand it. One thing that Pactor did tell me and from MPDs is that cumulatively from launch until the end of 2020, software for Xbox Series consoles sold cumulatively under 100,000 units. Wow. Think so that, about that. So that is just straight up everyone's playing through Game Everyone Pass. Everyone is playing Game Pass. And no one cares about physical media on nope. series at all. Nope. A hundred thousand. Or, spoiler, on anything. Yeah. Soon. Like, the only, I mean, I see people's like, freaking out about wanting to get, like, limited run game things on, like, Switch, usually. Nintendo fans seem to be the last bastion of I want it on a physical Physic- object. Yep. Um, which is funny because so much of the Switch third-party stuff is just like, here's a code. Go fuck yourself. Like it's like, like I if I can't imagine how frustrating it is like trying to collect Switch games and realizing that so often like Doom and stuff is just not in the box. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. that, that's irritating. That would be irritating to me. But I saw you know I guess saw someone who's like refused to get the Castlevania Advance Collection until they can get a physical copy of it. I'm just like, good luck because that's not announced. Like, yeah, that may never happen. Leonosaurus says in chat makes that Bethesda purchase seem like buying a bike, and he's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. Think about how much money, ultimately, once Bethesda's games start coming yeah. out, how much money they're going to make on Game Pass. Starfield, Elder Scrolls Six. I know. How many only on only on Game Pass? How did how is it that Microsoft was the only platform holder to make this calculation? Because only Microsoft has that kind of money to be able to take the it's, loss. It, that was front. a war chest or Epic. Move. Epic yeah. could have done it. Epic could have, yeah. Like Amazon or Apple could have if they had the brains to realize <laughs> and to understand this this industry, the industry which they don't. Which they don't. Yeah. Google could have. Yeah. Very um, few. Yeah. Had, would have the interest and the capital to yeah. make it happen. And but Microsoft, Microsoft did it. Yeah, Microsoft has been paying attention for tw- the 20 years they've been in this. Do you think that Series consoles have a chance to quote unquote win this console war, like outsell um, PS5 ultimately? I think they get it. I've said from the beginning, I think they have a chance to close the gap. I don't yeah. know if they have a chance to, to beat PS5. PS5. It's although, already kind of too Although long. part of it is kind of like if PS5 can get, you know, if they can make enough of them, like we're sort of like in a weird, it's hard to predict that stuff right now because we're in such a weird production problem situation yeah. with these with these consoles and with everything. True. I mean, everything. I've got a. Cars, whatever. I have a board game that I kickstarted that's done being produced, but it's in, it's been sitting in China because they can't get a shipping container for, to put it on. Like normally to put, put all that stuff on a shipping container would cost $3,000. And the lowest quote they can get right now is 29000 for a shipping container out of China. Like, this is going to be a on, like the shipping crisis is going to be a big deal, almost bigger than the years. component shortage. Like yeah, like rem- like remember you may not remember because I didn't really talk about it too much. Remember in February last year when I was like this coronavirus thing is probably going to be a thing. Yeah, and everyone's like meh, you know, <laughs> two weeks, whatever, a couple weeks. Right, I was like the calculation is that by the beginning of May California is going to be out of hospital beds. I was like meh, I can't afford healthcare anyway. Curve in two whatever, weeks, yeah. like that. And I'm just like no, nah, I, th- I think this is going to be a thing, guys. And like, mm, yeah, do you remember flat? the curve yeah oh yeah <laughs> so i'm saying right now this shipping crisis thing this is going to have shockwaves yeah uh going over the next year or two and remember i said that well i was in long beach when you are fighting a man for a can of mountain dew <laughs> next year you remember that matt said the shipping thing was going to be a problem <laughs> i was in long beach shooting pactor factor 
And that's where all the stuff comes into L.A. And honestly, yeah. for the West Coast, period. like oh, all it's, the, the, it's the biggest port in America. Right. This is why, by the way, when people talk about California seceding, no. Like, yeah. I mean, no, no, anyway, for, for about 14,000 You don't want reasons. that to happen. But, like, if, Cal, <laughs> if California just said, it's like, oh, we're going to secede from the other, like, we, the Marines would be here faster than you could blink because the United States is not giving up its largest port. Like, yeah. like there is no, po- like, it's not like California just go away and it would become Arizona Bay and that would be the new <laughs> port from, that like, all the Pacific Ocean ship. Like, uh, uh, something like 70 to 80% of goods, foreign goods, come through Long Beach. Like, you're not, from the West Coast, at least, you're, you're not going to be allowed to walk away with that yeah so yes long beach is extremely important for shipping through the entire country everything comes from there well he lives on a Mm cul-de-sac so it's a street that just of course he does of course he does (laughs) and then it's the water's right there so we shoot and he tells me is that is his boat like tied to the back (laughs) no his boat's like tied away somewhere else but i finished his shoot and he's talking to me while we're shooting about you w- wouldn't believe how many ships are just sitting out mm-hmm. in the ocean in in the bay. Yeah, they've just been, for months, months yeah. and months so and months. So I just left, put the stuff in my car, and walked to the end of his cul-de-sac and looked out, and it was mm-hmm. just ships. Yep, just you one could walk across af- them. You almost could. Yeah, I mean, from there, it looked like they were touching each other. Yeah, I'm sure there's a huge there's, there's gap. space between them, but it's like it looks like the River Thames in uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Where yeah. you can like hop across the barges. I was like, like it's, blown it's, away. It's never looked like that. There's before. no place they can't drop the stuff off. No. So they just sit there floating for yep. days and days. It's bad. Mm-hmm. And so to your point about, you know, not being able to even get the consoles here if they have the components to build yeah, them. Yeah, and that's yeah, there's like three different obstacles there. Truth is, you don't even need a console to play Game Pass mm-hmm. at all. You can play it on your phone, you can play it on your existing PC, you can play it on your laptop, whatever. Um, and so that's another, I yeah. believe, angle that Microsoft has an advantage in. That is here. something, yeah. Yeah, it actually could matter. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would matter. The whole cloud stuff, I was like, eh, it's niche, whatever. It could actually pay dividends for Microsoft. In terms of how until... Game Pass works, it it could be like not in terms yeah. of this stupid thing where they want me they want me to pay sixty bucks for Dying Light right. Two on the Switch and it never I never own it and when that service goes away it disappears. It's gone. Yeah. Uh, if you're if I'm part of a service like Game Pass and I can just stream stuff like that, it's like well better than nothing. You know? Yeah. Like that's about all you got. Yep. That is a situation in which that could be worse. Although again, that is not a situation anyone could have predicted when they instigated these plans two to three years ago. Right. But like they have kind of accidentally hit on. Yeah. What kind we of like need Nintendo right with Animal Crossing. Yeah. It came out at yeah. just the right time, and it wasn't planned. They're like, oh, the world's going to get shut down by a pandemic. Right. And, and everybody's going to want to live on their own island. Right. It's like, no, that was uh, that It was just worked out. Serendipity. Serendipity. Yep, that's the right word to use. So congratulations, Microsoft. It's amazing what it's done with Game Pass. Um, I'm a subscriber. You're a subscriber. I'm, get, I'm betting 85% of the people in our chat are also subscribers uh, to Game Pass. And if you're not, mm-hmm. you should be. Um, it's worth every penny, and it's like when you once you subscribe, you keep waiting for that month where nothing new comes that you're gonna want to play, nope, and it just doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. Even if it's just like weird little stuff you've never heard of before, yeah. and now suddenly you're willing to try it because yeah. it's right there, it's and right it's right a there. five minute. Download. Sure, I'll try Boyfriend Dungeon. Yeah. Why not? Sure, I'll try this Ascent thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah there's been tons it. of stuff you like download that. Download it in five minutes. Play it for an hour. So I found like Spirit Fairer. Yeah. And then I bought Spirit Fair because I'm just like, this is great. That's how <laughs> I wanna, it's supposed to work. I did that. What did I do that with? Um, what did I just play that I bought? Uh, Sable. No, Sable. I yeah. bought uh, I bought Sable because I'm like, I'm going to support these guys. Yeah. These two literal two guys in the shed in London. <laughs> yep. Uh, so it's amazing. We should talk about that game at some point. Yeah. I actually had it on the rundown today. 
And it was like the last talk. It's old now. It's been out since the 22nd of last mm-hmm. month. So it's like a couple weeks old. It got cut at the last minute because we had 11 topics already. And I was like, 12 might push us over the limit. We won't be able to get to Far Cry. So priorities. Uh, but anyway, Xbox killing it with Game Pass. Um, kudos to, to them. They had the foresight and um, it was smart and it's paying off and it could continue to pay huge dividends until the end of time, in all honesty. It got out of it way ahead of it compared to everyone else. So just a smart move and they're managing it well and there's great content flowing through it every month. There's always a great deal there. Um, as Matt said, Discovery's great and can help you find games that you want to pay full price for. Um, and there's no six-hour time limit like there is on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, kudos to Microsoft. Game Pass is awesome, and it is getting rewarded for it. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about another Sony franchise that looks like it's coming back um, and coming back to a studio that seems like it might be a good fit, um, and that is Twisted Metal. David Jaffe was on Twitter not that long ago, and he was like, no, there's no new Twisted Metal game being made because if it were... I would know about it, and if I don't know about it, I'm gonna be really hurt. And I don't know if he I, I, sounds <laughs> like sounds like Dave should get ready to be really hurt. <laughs> I haven't been. Um, I does seem like something where like if you're gonna make a new Twisted Metal, you should probably call Dave Jaffe and tell him that that's happening, or ask for his blessing or something. You know, you know, you don't need it legally or anything, but like it feels like that would be maybe a conversation to have. Well, apparently. They did consult him on the TV show that they're working right. on. Yeah, I remember that. And he said he appreciated that, but I doesn't. It doesn't sound like they consulted him on this because his old studio is not making it. What was it called? The Bartlett Jones Detective Agency is yeah, old studio I mean, yeah, or something like something like that. Um, but that studio is not making it. It is reportedly and and rumored to be under development by Ilphonic. Ilphonic is the studio that made Friday the Thirteenth. I thought, um, I thought it was Lucid. Was it? Oh, you're right. Am I backwards no, on that? working on something else. You're right. Yeah. Yep, it is it is Lucid. And they are the team behind the game Destruction All-Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, a PS5 exclusive was supposed to be there at launch, didn't make it at launch, ended up coming out shortly thereafter. I didn't like it very much. No. Did I mean, you I didn't play ever, it. I don't think you ever even played it. I haven't played it because I have zero interest in it. And I also have zero interest in Twist, Twisted Metal, so it's convenient that Lucid continues to make things I can ignore from them. <laughs> Why do you have no interest in Twisted Metal? I've never you liked never Twisted have? Metal. I've never liked Twisted Metal. I've, I find it messy and sloppy and just kind of annoying. Like, it, it, uh, it's, it's chaotic in a way that I don't enjoy. Have you ever liked I've car never liked combat the, games? No, I, don't like the, I never liked the car combat stuff. What was the Rockstar one? Destruction Derby or something? No. No? It was, like, set outdoors. Uh, the I only ones remember. that come to mind are this one and or Twisted Metal and the, the Star Wars one. Battle or Demo- Naboo, Demolition. No. Star Wars Demolition. Yeah, Star Wars Demolition. Oh, it's driving me crazy. I can't think of the name of the Rockstar one. Someone Smuggler's Run. There it is. Mega mm. Drive guy. Yeah, Smuggler's Run. You didn't enjoy that either? I don't think I played that. That was, like, all outdoors in nature or whatever. I think there ended up being, like, three of them, something like that. Sure. Um, I don't I don't like... Uh, the whole genre's I, gone away is what yeah, I'm getting it's at. Yeah, it's long dead. And I would argue for a reason, because I played Destruction All-Stars. I did not enjoy it at all. 
No. And this is supposed I'm to sure. kind of be the next evolution of the subgenre. Um, Which was already kind of a subgenre of fighting games. Right. You know, like, you know, Twisted Metal was sort of like, oh, this is a new way to do a fighting game kind right. of thing. You, know, you yeah. pick a character and everybody fights and everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, there was that, that kind of arena split screen. You know, Power Stone was a similar idea. There was a, people trying to find new ways to make couch combat interesting um, without having to make something as good as Goldeneye. Yeah. Uh, and Twisted Metal was kind of part of that trend. Yeah, I would argue that Destruction All-Stars just lacked the personality. Yeah. It was a pretty solidly developed game, not very technically Yeah, impressive. there wasn't much on, you know, especially in, that's the irony is like, I think I do think you can trace like the personality of games like Overwatch and stuff back to this, yeah. back to stuff like this and fighting and fighting games. But like the the sort of um, we're gonna take this, you know, the, the fact that the genre had so many copycats and the only ones we really remember are the ones that had the personality and verve, like mm-hmm. Twisted Metal, yeah. uh, says something to me about how important that is to this particular genre. Because let's be honest, they're all kind of the same thing. They are. Like, there's only so many different ways to fire a rocket at a jeep. Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> so the important thing is whether you care about the characters you're playing as or fighting against. Yeah. And Twisted Metal managed to do that. Destruction All Stars did not. Yeah, Twisted Metal, I would argue, is the king of that for card. Yeah, I don't. Games. I, I can't think of an. I mean, either that or Vigilante Eight. Oh yeah, I um, forgot about Vigilante, Vigilante Eight. <laughs> and um, what was the one? Um, inter- what was the 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 classic car one? It was a, people loved it. Something seventy six or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Carmageddon. No, it wasn't Carmageddon. It was like. It was like a, like a 70s like kind of like disco one. Inter- Interstate 76 or something like that. Maybe. It sounds it was, familiar. I think it was only on PC. Um, but it was like, yeah, I think it was Inter- Interstate 76 or something like that. And then there was a sequel called like Interstate 80 or something like that, which is in the 80s. But the, 70, the 70s one was better. Interstate 76. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, they, the chat backs me up. Interstate 76. Yep. Uh, that, is, that was always one of the ones that PC people were like, that's the best one. Uh, which was hard to double check because you couldn't play it on consoles, and sometimes you you wonder it's like, oh, do you just like this because because I can't play it? Is that kind <laughs> of? Well, the rumors about this are that it's going to be probably free to play, mm-hmm. and it will be released to coincide with the release of the Twisted Metal TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this developer makes sense because they just finished a car combat game. Um, they can use that same engine, swap in the assets. Hopefully, it's a little more like Twisted Metal and not like a game show like mm-hmm. Destruction All-Stars was. But Jaffe was at the helm of the last Twisted Metal, and it wasn't good, and I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It got too far away from the formula, and that was Jaffe handling it. So Better than Drawn to Death. It Definitely. <laughs> I would agree with that. That's a low bar to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Jaffe wasn't able to make a Twisted Metal that resonated with me, I'm highly suspicious that this studio yeah. that made a game that I did not like. I, I think Sneaky Shalit Snake sums it up right there. What? Does Twisted Metal have fans to warrant this? Is the genre wanted? Yeah, it's arguable. That is, that is a very, very valid question. Yeah. Are, I mean, because Twisted Metal's heyday was so long ago that the only people yeah. who even really remember it are people like our age. Mm-hmm. And... And it might be. I mean, the thing is, like, could it be something of interest to younger players? Maybe. But, like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm the wrong person to ask because I never enjoyed them. I always thought they were too loosey-goosey and chaotic and, like, I never really, you know, the, maybe it'd be different if you're playing online and you had your own screen. You weren't looking at having, like, the, the split screen thing, like, back in the day. 
which you know the split screen thing also made it harder because like usually it was two players and so like you didn't really have the real group setting or you're playing against bots so it didn't feel yep. like you're playing you know it was hard to get like a handle on things in that regard and everything was so dark and like brown that it was hard to even tell what you're looking at you know you would think twisted metal would have become more popular with the advent of online play sort but it of. didn't well part of the problem is twisted metal never got itself out of the 90s yeah um and like that might Kinda be like david Chappie. right <laughs> oh, <laughs> to oh, admit it. <laughs> oh. he's probably watching he probably is and i think he'd agree with me that's what i love about david jaffe though you can be honest with him hmm. <laughs> doesn't mean you gotta be mean i don't think i'd be mean look at drawn to death it was about yeah. notebook art like that's his thing. Yeah, he's like a '90s guy. His games are '90s games. Like, yeah, I just think I, there's the issue of like, how do you update Twisted Metal f- to be n- today and not the '90s? And I believe my answer to that is you don't. Don't. Yeah. Like I don't. You'd have to make it like a throwback. And I don't know if maybe like I don't know if that stuff flies at this point. Like, is is the the, the, the nostalgia cycle is about to circle around to the mid '90s? Yeah. It's about 30 years, right? Well, that might be years. why that they put this studio on it. It's because it's like, what are they going to have them yeah. do? Make another Destruction All-Stars, which flopped yeah, horribly? Right. They're not. Something. And it's like, get, you're going to give them something. Yeah, but we're coming up. You know, like we think of the gritty sort of like mid-90s stuff, like the Image Comics stuff and Spawn mm-hmm. and all that. Like that stuff's about to be 30. Yeah. Wow. So but maybe the time's right. You know, I don't know. I doubt it. I, I Yeah. <laughs> there are some, look, there's some IP that's just not worth reviving yeah some stuff it was a moment in time it was a flash in the pan where everything aligned perfectly i mean i remember i feel like the first twisted metal became popular because there just weren't a lot of great games available for the original Mm -hmm. playstation at that point it was kind of an early game in the cycle a lot of stuff that we had played up to that point were stuff like destruction derby there's a bunch of stuff like that like warhawk yeah like you're probably not going to see another one of those anytime soon well they tried they tried with warhawk and starhawk starhawk was pretty good yeah Still not good enough. No, no. Yeah, it didn't last. And Critical right. mass with those things. We'll probably see another, never see another one. For whatever reason, Twisted Metal did manage to sustain up until like Twisted Metal Black. Mm-hmm. So it had like three, four entries where it actually was generating a lot of revenue and interest and people cared. Um, but then after that, it yeah. just... It's like... I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that sort of stopped back then. You know, like, yeah. Like, when was the last time you thought about a Gex revival? Right. Oh, there's yeah. so much IP that's died. A lot of it 3D platforms. Dana Gould's up for it, I guarantee you. <laughs> he's not doing anything else. Uh, so anyway, that's the latest on Twisted Metal. My guess is most people don't care. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. I mean, I might be wrong. I haven't done the I haven't done the market research, but. I mean, again, the people who remember it are our age. Yeah, and but also a lot of people, people our age who remember it. Percentage of people the people who are our age who remember it might also be the ones making the decisions in That's those true. boardrooms. So, like in those boardrooms, you know, I feel so. like that made they made the mistake once already with Twisted Metal, though. Yeah, even bringing Jaffe in to work on it, yeah. like it just didn't work. Um, and I think a big part of that may have just been the people that Jaffe had working with him. He didn't have the best programmers in the business at Sony Santa Monica building the game anymore. Mm-hmm. He had. People that he could get to work with him at his smaller studio at probably a smaller salary and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't think this studio is a solution to Twisted Metal's woes. Probably not. Yeah. Um, I wish him luck. It would be great if they could revive it and make it relevant again. I think the TV show will do that more than anything. Probably. And that may be where it belongs more than anything Yeah, else. that feels like you could do more with that. Because the characters are kind of interesting. Yeah, the character is the most interesting element of that franchise. Like looking at that footage of Destruction All Stars, you can see where it failed. Its characters are like 
edgy dudes in ski masks. Like, <laughs> yeah, sneaky, sneaky says. Remember getting detention because of my PS One magazine? I had Gex holding Lara Croft's naked, naked boobs. I remember that cover. Yeah, I remember that because cover. it was the, it was the J- Janet Jackson cover. Yeah, they um, spoofed it. Yeah, it was a different time. <laughs> it was. Can't get away with that stuff now. That's for sure. Uh, so anyway, that's the latest on Twisted Metal. It is time to move on. So we alluded to this earlier, or at least I did, that you're starting to see other companies start reacting to Game Pass. And mm-hmm. I think we're starting to see Sony doing that because it was announced this week that next month on PlayStation Now, The Last of Us Part Two is coming to the service. Does this seem early to you, Matt? Um, I mean, I guess by Sony standards, yeah, but not by like sane standards. It's been a year, like you've made your money, and apparently you you don't really have. Apparently, there's no DLC, there's no story expansion. So yeah, it doesn't look like it's coming. They're so working on multiplayer, whatever for it. Maybe which like, who knows if that's yeah. coming or it's going to happen. Um, that's the word on the street is mm-hmm. that there's a multiplayer thing that they're working on. Yeah, I mean they've said that for from the beginning, right? Really, I, th- I think everyone thought it'd be less than a year. Yeah, but. Um, and you would think maybe what you would do is if you're going to put it on PlayStation Now, you time that with getting the multiplayer mode done. Mm-hmm. It seems like a perfect synergy to yeah, me. because you want people to jump in and try it. Yeah. But are you shocked by this or surprised at all, Matt, that The Last of Us is coming to PlayStation Now ba- basically a year after its release? Not really. I mean, it's sort of the combination of like, you know, it's a story-based game. Most of the people who wanted to play it have played it. Um it's PS, you know, PS Now is sort of uh, you want eyes on that as best you can, especially because now it's not just the streaming thing. You can download the games, right? Yep. Um, and a lot of people are, I think, are unaware of that. Yeah. Um, I it's, mean, it's, it's basically the same as Game Pass. It just doesn't have its first party stuff day and date still. But yeah. it's getting closer. It's getting there. And like, if the, if this is in in conjunction with a multiplayer thing, that makes a lot of sense because you do want you know, it's going to be hard to get people to sort of reinstall that thing after you know because they have no other reason to do it and if you're going to get new players in like you know build the base a little bit it makes sense sure why not like because i feel like the shelf life on these things especially a single player only campaign driven story game that everybody's already kind of talked about and gone through by now and you've Mm -hmm. passed a christmas season with it i feel like you've you've gotten your money out of that game you You think that they've made all they're going to make off of it i mean they've sold they've sold how many millions and millions of copies of that thing like it did its job 15 yeah it did its job um, but you know when you drop that price down to thirty bucks or twenty, I think they bucks, have. You get like a it's nice been on resurgence. sale. It's already been it's discounted been on, that much. It's been on sale before. I mean, I, I haven't seen exactly the sale prices because I already own it, just as purchased. You know, uh-huh. but it has been in the sales several times. Oh, really? Yeah, that's out of the ordinary for a PlayStation. Yeah, not a year later. Yeah. Not super. I mean, I, I don't know how heavy the discount was, but like they were. Def- it was definitely in some of the sales. I think it's in the current like blockbuster sale. Huh. Interesting. Um, that is out of character for PlayStation. It typically is not Nintendo Psycho with its first party stuff, but yeah, stuff stuff drops pretty rare. I haven't I haven't found that to be particularly true. Um, like they don't deep discount it as fast, but it's been on sale a number of times. Everything goes on sale pretty pretty soon after. Hmm. Not not in the way that like the third on the third party stuff. It's like if you wait four weeks or six weeks, it's going to be like you know thirty percent off or whatever. But like yeah, like that happened. God of War was was on sale within a year. You know, not like not like super discounted but like 40 bucks yeah yeah it's on playstation now god of war correct what is god of war is on playstation now yeah it was part of the playstation now i'm not sure i know it's part of the playstation plus like instant game collection thing i think it's on playstation now 
I don't know. I don't know anything about what's on PlayStation now. I don't pay attention to it. What do you think Sony, as far as time frame is concerned, is Vincent gonna... says it was, but it was removed. It was removed. Yeah, it and that's was the for other a while. thing with PlayStation now is that mm-hmm. like stuff shows up there and then it's gone. Well, Game Pass does that too, just not Microsoft first party stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the turnover is is as severe. Obviously, Grand Theft Auto is com- five yeah. is come and gone like three times on Game Pass yeah, or whatever. But like Microsoft stuff is always there; it never yeah. goes away. But Sony does rotate its stuff off that, I guess. Now, what do you think as far as time frame is concerned? Is Sony what window is Sony gonna have to get to to where it can really? Because I saw some people in chat saying they like PlayStation now more than Game Pass. I think that's insane, but some people feel that way. For most of us, though. Where do you? What kind of time frame do you think PlayStation needs to get to bef- before it can legitimately compete with Game Pass with PlayStation Now? I don't know. I mean, it may not matter. Like, it feels like two months or something like that. Maybe I think that's too fast for like the amount that, they, that their exclusives sell, though. Like, you but don't. I mean, I think depend. I think it's a game by game basis. Like days gone. You want to put that up three months after it comes? It comes out. Sure. But it's like Spider-Man, that thing's got legs for eight, nine months. Like you don't. There's no reason to do that. I'm just wondering though if the math. I mean, we did it earlier. I don't think Sony the cares about that out. because remember, I don't think Sony cares about that to that degree because they're making their money the way they expect to make their money. Like Microsoft's got some other plan in here, and maybe they're dealing with volume. But Sony's also not really doing the thing. We're going to hand over all this money to you to like put this thing on our platform day and date to give to free to people who are subscribing. Like. That is a business model that Sony would have to shift over to in a massive move, and I just don't think that their machinery is in place for that. It could be. Like, that might be something they're forced to do later if Game Pass really becomes the juggernaut it looks like it might. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Sony's going to do anything like that until they are absolutely forced to. And we've, we're even seeing it right now. Like they don't haven't, you think they're kind of getting forced to do it now, though? Yeah, but they're not doing it in earnest. They're just doing it, like, as sort of a cursory, oh, I guess this is a thing we should do. Yeah. Like, they're not making big moves to catch Microsoft in their policies on how these things are distributed and, and given to the to the people. They are just saying, like, oh, yeah, I mean, we do it, too, if you wait a while. Like, you know, it's it's there as a, as a, as a move, you know. Um, and, like, you know, it's not... Sony doesn't need to do that right now because they are moving copies of things mm-hmm. like that's and Microsoft isn't one of the reasons Microsoft had to shift to that model is because nobody gives a shit about what they're putting out first party wise. Well, they had to shift that model because they weren't putting out anything. Right, that too. Wise. But that's about the change. Yeah, we'll see how long they stick to. I mean, they're, they're, it seems like they're sticking to it because they're giving Halo out for that. Oh, they're going to stick to it. They're not. There's so no like, going back. So now. they found their way in, but Sony already has their way into to revenue, so they don't need to do that yet. Like because no one's not buying Sony games because they have Game Pass. No, my point is, though, is if you can grow your service and get that recurring revenue. Because, look, even look at Apple. I don't think Sony's Apple at, at this that, point, that it sells a, a metric ton of iPhones. But it doesn't care about iPhones anymore. It cares about services. Somebody signing up for Apple Music or Apple TV mm-hmm. and having that credit card there that gets charged $15 a month every month without fail. That's where everything is going. Xbox got out ahead of it with Game Pass. If you, I mean, the math mm-hmm. that we did earlier, imagine if you did have... 60 right, million but people I, subscribing. I just don't... Th- it's not Sony. It, I agree with that. It doesn't seem that way, but I also feel like all companies eventually have to evolve. Yeah, but like we'll talk about that in half a decade when Sony finally realizes what they have to do. Like, It they, might be too late by then. It could though. be. It could be. I don't, it's not going to happen I mean, until then. I don't know. Like Sony, ha- Sony, we, Sony has shown this over and over again that... When it comes to change or die, they will push it as close to die as they can before they change. <laughs> like, and that's all version. You mean look at? I mean, for God's sake, I don't. I don't mean to keep bringing it up, but look at Venom. Yeah. Like, yeah. the 
the big shift, and it's not like Warner Brothers is doing any better, but the shift over for superhero movies over the last 13 years has been, hey, you know what works? You know what makes you a billion dollars? If you make them really good. If you put thought into them and thought in the casting and thought into how they all connect together and how they work, and Sony is still just like, mm, Morbius, Madam Web movie, fuck it, you know? Like, Sony doesn't learn this stuff. Sony just kind of, Sony gets their 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 brain sort of stuck as a company. They get their brain sort of stuck in how we've always done things, and it's not until that thing dissolves under them that they actually move on anything. They've done that over and over and over. I feel like Sony could put their first-party games up on PlayStation Now two months after release. I feel like they would still get 80 to 85% of the sales for those games, and I think they could defeat Game Pass. I don't think they would. I think they would they would lose more revenue than they because they'd have to shift their business model to force their shareholders to expect a different stream of revenue and a different prediction and flow of it. And I don't think shareholders are willing to do that right now. Well, shareholders and Sony's afraid for Sony are way different, though, because they have their fingers in so many pies. They do, but what I'm saying is Sony is also a coward when it comes to stuff like Sony doesn't want to change things. Sony yeah. has no interest in well, changing things. It's a Japanese things, company. And they want to be able yeah. to just go to their shareholders and say, like, this is what we're going to make. We know this is what we're going to make because this is what we've been doing for 15, 20 years, and we that's predictable. If we want to switch to this, like, subscription model and compete directly with Game Pass, that's unpredictable. And Sony is never going to choose that. They are going to have to be forced to choose. It. And you're right, they are sort of making little little baby steps out in that direction here, but it's going to be years and years, because the thing is, It'll Hor- be too Horizon's still, well, it doesn't, too late, what does that mean? Because, like, Horizon's still going to sell 15 million copies. God of War's probably going to sell 20 or 25 million copies. Like, yeah, like they're still doing that, fine. Look at the turn, are they, though? Because yeah. look at the turnover at the top at PlayStation. How many leaders have come and gone in the last four years? Like, Four of them? Three Maybe. of them? I don't know. I don't pay attention so to that So somebody's anymore. not happy with what's going on there. Some of them are just getting old. Um, yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like, Sony's Sony's carved their niche out, and they do, you know, they're kind of doing, in a sense, if, with, with Microsoft's move to the Game Pass thing, you're, you, everyone's become Nintendo. Everyone's doing their own thing. No mm-hmm. one's directly competing with each other. Yeah, it's pretty, it's kind of awesome, actually. And if Sony can, car- Sony can continue to hold that niche, and I don't see why they wouldn't, you know, they can all three of them can just have these different business models, and that's how it's going to work. Yeah, like I don't see anything about Game Pass that is going to directly damage Sony. No, it's not going to damage Sony, but I think if Microsoft and it already is starts rolling in the money, right? You're talking about if we ever even know they are because they don't talk well, about it. I mean, um, 30 million subscribers, half a billion a month. Yeah, but we also don't know how many of those people are paying full price. We don't know how many of those mm-hmm. people are ultimate subscribers, which is only five dollars yeah. a month. Like, it, you know, it's a lot of money, but like we'll see where they end up. Beyond that, and, you know, and Sony might look at that and be like, oh, that's a good amount of money. But at the same time, the amount of money you'd have to invest to completely shift your business strategy to, to be reliant on that instead, and then the time it would take to build that up, and where does your revenue go while you're building that up? I mean, but they already like, have the platform. It's there already. They have the platform, but they also already have the revenue. Like, there's no reason for them to do that except greed. And yes, that that, that is how capitalism works. But what <laughs> yep. you're what you're miss what you're missing here is the infrastructure cost of what you'd have to do to reshape Sony to be able to do that. And they don't want to do that because you, there's going to be a gap there where they're not making the money that they are now. And they might make more money later. But the thing you're I think the thing you're missing here, and I say this as someone who is involved in a lot of stockholder business stuff, those. Even if it was like one or two years where their revenue was way down because it was going to be two years to catch to rev that engine up. I don't think up, that'll ever happen. 
I it really would. Don't. It would because no, they're yes, I don't. because I don't agree with that no, at all. but yes, because they would stop selling as many copies of their first party games because they'd be giving them away day one. But no, I'm not talking about day one. I said that they could put them out a month or two afterwards, and they'd still make 85 percent of what they were going to sell anyway. And then then their PlayStation Now subscribers go way up because yeah, but you're able that's, to play those first party games so much. See, sooner. that's that's a that's a baby. That's a half step. That's a half measure, and that's it not is, how, that's not how you do anything. Which is, but I think that's what PlayStation would do because it probably as you is. Said, but, but that's a bad thing to do. You either do it or you don't. Hmm. And PlayStation, but I think they can get away with it because their games are so good. But that why? Get, but why bother? Why not just make that money from the extra fifteen percent and call it a day? Like. There's there's no reason to build this hack because it, again it's recurring revenue. Uh, PlayStation they already of have all of them. they already have recurring revenue from Plus and now and all. I mean no, the recurring revenue is third party licensing fees. That's where the recurring revenue is right now. They're they don't have recurring and PlayStation is the worst probably of the big three because its games are so infrequent. I mean we get like a fifteen to twenty million PlayStation exclusive what. Once every two years, probably. Well, they're working on making that more like once every couple of months. They're trying, but we'll see. I mean, but I'm saying like this is recurring revenue every month, always coming in, and that's what businesses want. They want to be able to rely on revenue. Right, but this isn't reliant. Like I think it would be. It's not. It wouldn't be because you're you're a lot assuming of people said that about Game Pass. Right, but you're <laughs> assuming success, and one of the reasons for Game Pass's success is that Microsoft went into that 150 percent committed. Partly well, it because they had because no, it was well, yeah. That's why that's, that's the second half of the sentence. Up. I'm still trying to say is they had to because they had no other choice. Right. Sony has another choice. They can just sell 25 million units of God of War. Like there is no reason to choose risk when you have reliability. And what you're talking about there in terms of you know continued income from the subscription is correct in terms of like yes, that's a reliable source of income. But Sony already has that reliable source of income from their units moving. They don't need to suddenly make a big bet on another maybe reliable source of income that they'd have to build towards. But my point and is eventually, there are big you're gaps right. in between their hits that sell 15 to 20 million. There right, are- but their solution to that is going to be to make those hits more often, not to change their entire business model. Yeah. And one day they may have to change that entire business model because maybe people don't want to buy God of War units anymore. They just want to put- But I don't see that happening anytime soon. That's in the... That's in the realm where, like, you know, honestly, that's in the realm where, like, Game Pass comes pre-installed with every television that isn't made by Sony. And mm-hmm. everyone just expects to be able to access the current, you know, new game the day it comes out f- with part of their Game Pass subscription on their television. And, which I would hate because fuck the streaming thing. But at the <laughs> same thing, at the same time, like, the, if Sony's the only one not offering what people have come to assume to be the default, then Sony is forced to change. That's how Sony's operated all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Sony has always done that. They're like, okay, Sony suddenly realizes, oh, this is the new zeitgeist and we got to catch up now. And then by the time they catch up... The, the you know the eye toy doesn't matter anymore the, the I mean I feel like that's kind of what they're gonna do now if they don't jump on this I mean it is what they're gonna do that's just what Sony does <laughs> there's always time to change not change when you're strategy. Sony I so, don't know I don't this is a giant lumbering steam engine of, a, of nonsense that Sony is and I I see no way to turn that that wheel without saying like oh and by the way you're just gonna have to deal with a couple of years where our revenue is a little bit down and you're not making as much money as you used to be as a stockholder and no one's going to agree to that like it's that's what they're afraid of that's what they're afraid of having to say and it is something they'd have to say and like look if the shareholders were smart 
and doing long-term investment stuff as as used to be as that used to be sort of the the watchword of how you invested in stocks was like mm-hmm. it'll pay off later like yeah. that was like you know hold on to it it'll not pay anymore. off later no, not anymore no it's got to be now 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 every i need no, i need more every year more every year more every year yeah uh my investments have to pay off better now better mm-hmm. than they did two months ago better than they did three months ago you know, that's always how that was and sony can't just you know no company really can say like okay we need you all to be patient and live with these lean times because afterwards it's going to be even better. No one cares. No I mean, I one feel cares. Like that's kind of that. what they're doing right now, though, with their sporadic releases of their big games that come but out. But they, once every but their years. revenues have stayed pretty steady because they keep growing. Yeah. And and I think internally, especially at the high levels, I think Sony sees, okay, one of the reasons we're doing okay in that regard is because when we put the next God of War out, it's going to sell more. Like there's there the stuff that hits gets big and gets bigger when they put another installment out. And like that's sort of the thing that they're looking at and being like, okay, well that's what we can guarantee as a basically our infinite growth. And I think it's a mistake. It probably is. Yeah. But it's also a mistake they are going to make. <laughs> like Sony is going to make that mistake. Okay. Like there is no way to I don't think there's any way to deviate from their course short of like well, I mean, this, look, this is out of the ordinary. Taking over the Last their... of Us Part Two on PlayStation Now this early—that's not what it's I just done don't in the find past. this to be that so early. It's, really, it's at least inching that direction already. I just don't think that's—it's all that early. It doesn't—it doesn't move the needle for me in that regard. It just seems like, yeah, you're like, okay, I guess we'll do that. And also, I think you're right in that. I think it's more a move to try and get people to be interested in the multiplayer. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, I think it's mostly them. You know, obviously, they haven't announced that yet, mm-hmm. but I think it's mostly them setting the table for a no barrier of entry to play the multiplayer. And I wouldn't be surprised if that multiplayer eventually is like a gas, a game as a service, just like Red mm-hmm. Dead was, where it's this whole in like GTA Online, whole separate where thing, it's this whole separate yeah. thing with microtransactions where they can generate a ton of money. Maybe I, I have a hard time imagining uh, The Last of Us 2 multiplayer becoming that popular but yeah that would be a model they could adopt i didn't think red dead online would be that popular either no but i I think but part of that is because they offer like this weird world to wander in and like this kind of common kind of permanent progression and like there's a social aspect to it Mm -hmm. you know last of us 2 is just going to be deathmatch stuff Hmm. so i've not been a fan of naughty dogs multiplayer neither have i no, neither have I. I played I played the Uncharted multiplayer for like two days, and my whole group was just like, "Let's let's let's go away." Yeah, we mentioned like, that last week, yeah. and someone on YouTube comments was like, "Those were my favorite multiplayer games ever." Oh yeah, some people love. It. I mean, I know there's like people <laughs> that are like, that, man, you got to play some more multiplayer games. Yeah, I mean, look, tastes of all kinds. Like there are yeah. people I know who like just fell completely in love with the. Um, uh, the Assassin's Creed multiplayer stuff, and like well, my that stuff was at least innovative. It was innovative, but yeah. it was irritating, yeah. and like it wasn't good. It, didn't it was last just long. it was just yeah. interesting ideas. I played it. it for like three yeah. days, and I was like, yeah. my my group would basically we would game this the, the the matchmaking system to all get in one game on either side of the match and just like set up the achievement situations for each other. So like we no. wouldn't we wouldn't even play. Yeah, for, uh, earnestly we'd say, okay, you stand here, and we're just gonna jump down on you over and over till we get the 14, 15 aerial kills we need for this achievement. <laughs> now it's your turn. It's yeah. That's what we would do. Like uh-huh. we, we, you know, we, we tried to play it honestly early on. And we're just like, this is so boring. It's uh, agreed. It's not a thing. Yep. And then they stopped doing it. So someone in there agreed. <laughs> agreed told them. Okay, we got to move on. Uh, we're going to talk next about something that I totally screwed up earlier, and hmm. I started discussing it before I should have. Um, there is a new Ghostbusters game coming, and this is the game that is coming from the Friday the Thirteenth developers, Ilphonic. Um, this seems like a good fit. Matt. Maybe. So, 
Friday the 13th, if you're not aware, was an asymmetrical multiplayer game where one person played as Jason and then everyone else played as the kids in the camp. Um, and the kids in the camp had to work together to stop Jason. Jason was overpowered. Um, he could walk faster. He could run faster. He could actually teleport, if I remember correctly. Um, he could do a bunch of things that would... One off- of the Jasons could, yeah. Yeah. And he would could do a bunch of things that would offset the fact that there's all these other players playing essentially against him. Um, and while Jason tried to kill all the ki- the kids, the co-eds, is what they called them back in the 80s, the co-eds, um, you were trying to, like, get a battery for a car and get the car started and get out of there. Um, it was an interesting concept that had flawed execution, I think is probably the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... They were also trying to enter a very crowded genre. Yeah, was, was it a, crowded back then? Or were, I thought they weren't they one of the originals though. No, they would. I mean, Dead by Daylight was already in place. Like there was a bunch of stuff that was already like streaming phenomenon stuff, and like Friday the Thirteenth kind of entered a little later than you know. I th- I think it was a better game in a lot of ways than what Dead by Daylight was, but it just didn't have the critical mass of streaming that it then it and never found it because they never got a chance to sort of patch things up and get things up and running. Like that's the pro- it's like you know it's like it was like starting an Overwatch competitor. Yeah, you know, it's like you you either catch or you don't. You catch fire or you don't. You know, and yeah. uh, the internet, you know, Twitch had basically already decided that it, that uh, Dead by Daylight was its horror asymmetrical multiplayer game of choice at that time. Yeah, so. and Dead by Daylight has continued to do well. Oh it's yeah, and like Dead by Daylight got all Dead by Daylight got pretty much every license except Friday the Thirteenth. You know? Yeah. So my big concern with the Ilphonic working on this is that. Friday the 13th was janky as yeah. Get Out. Yeah, it was. It ended up running into licensing issues. Like, whoever holds the Friday the 13th license is kind of an idiot. Yeah, that is uh, that is not, not untrue. And someone, like, working with that person ended up becoming a nightmare. And, like, I think even they had signed off on stuff and then, like, changed their mm-hmm. mind, like, later on. It's and, notorious. And, and, it's, and Ilphonic had already built it thing. for the game, and then they're like, oh, no, we've changed our minds. You're not actually going to be able to put that in. It was a, a mess. Mm-hmm. And the game ended up being a mess. It, it was a thing for, like, six months or whatever, and then it just faded away. The other problem, too, is the license. Friday the 13th, it's like, there's, what, six forms of Jason or whatever, like, maybe uh, was, more? There's, like, nine of there's them. There's nine. Yeah. <laughs> There's like the outer space, uh, not, Jason. In, not including his mother, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's like it's all the same character, mm-hmm. and so eventually, I don't know. It feels like yeah. Part of dead, by, dead, dead yeah, part of dead by daylight's strength is that you can pick all the different killers. Yeah, and they can all be. And look, if you want to sign licensing agreements with, you know. Any other horror franchise, you can. You, like You can't because they've already signed up with Dead by Daylight. Right, so. well, right. But my point was they could sign these licenses and it made sense. Like, you couldn't put, like, Michael Myers from Halloween in Friday the 13th and have it make sense. So you're kind of pigeonholed in what you can mm-hmm. do with the game. Um, and, again, it was very janky in a lot of ways broken um, you're, you're watching B-roll yeah. of it right now. It was... And there's just... It doesn't... They were never able to, like, patch it up and make it what it, what it originally was supposed to be. I think there was a period where they couldn't even work on it because there was right. legal problems. That's right. Like, it was just a mess. <laughs> it was a mess. That's a good way to put it. Um, it's very so, hard to judge Lucid's output quality by this game because so much of it was not related to game development. I mean, some of the fundamentals of game development were not handled well in, in Friday the 13th. And that's what gives me pause because... Ghostbusters has actually been handled pretty well in the past already by other studios. Now, there hasn't been an asymmetrical multiplayer take on Ghostbusters. 
Um, but I think that this property would work well for that because you already have the group of Ghostbusters and you already have all the various ghosts that they're fighting, um, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. How fun would it be to play as a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man and some of the other villains that have appeared in the Ghostbusters franchise? Um, I think it's a good fit as far as concept is concerned. I don't know if the studio is going to be up to the task of making it a great game, I think the concept is there. I think the idea fits within the constructs of the IP. Who knows if the game will end up being a quality product, though? What What do you think? Um, I don't know. Like, I do you care about Ghostbusters? I love Ghostbusters. The old, I, I love the old, the original movie and the cartoon. The um, cartoon was great. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I forgot about it's that by uh, by J. Michael Straczynski and uh, a yeah. bunch of the guys who went on to do Ghostbusters, uh, do uh, Babylon Five. Which is now coming back. There's gonna be a new Babylon Five series. That's very exciting. Yeah. Um, but uh, so to me, those are the, those are Ghostbusters. Uh, I hated Ghostbusters too, uh, even at the time. It's the first movie I walked out of with my dad and apologized to him for making him take me to it. Um, <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah, like so. So to me, like I thought Ghostbusters 2016 was fine for the most part. Not great. The film? The, yeah, the film. The, you know, the, 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 the one Paul, that drew up all the controversy. The, this, the Paul, yeah, I mean, look, it was a Paul Feig movie. That's just what he, that's just what he does. He shoots a bunch of crappy improv and like pieces together something that resembles a movie. And that's, yeah. what, he, that's what we got. Like, that's all yeah. it was. And that doesn't work too well in a sci-fi horror effects-driven thing because you really need to plan that stuff out yeah. better. Absolutely. Um, but I still like it better than Ghostbusters 2, which is, for my money, <laughs> the worst direct sequel to something ever made. Wow. Um, as far I, as like something that you liked the initial yeah, as far one. as something yeah. that like as far as like a brilliant first thing, uh-huh. I can't think I, there's no other sequel that misses how why the first one was good harder than Ghostbusters 2. I think I was too young when it came out to even realize how terrible it was. I mean, I was I, 13. I still watched it like 15 times or something. I like. was just I there's not a I mean I I enjoy bits of it like here I think the Here's my conspiracy theory with Ghostbusters 2. The only scene I really like in that movie is the one where in the courtroom and the, the electric chair guys, the ghosts escape and they have the Scolari brothers yeah, escape yeah. and they have to do their whole thing. That feels like Ghostbusters to me. It does, And yeah. I am pretty, I don't know if this is true or not, but I am pretty convinced that that was just a scene they had left over from the yeah, first from the movie first script. <laughs> from the first movie script. Because Winston's not in that scene. Right. And it's just right. the original three. And I'm like, this huh. could have been something you just cut out of the first movie because you didn't have anywhere for it to really right. go. It's possible. And like you just dropped it into this and yeah. like it worked that way. And so, because like, that, that that, that's a great scene. Yep. Uh, but like, so to me, the Ghostbusters brand has been tarnished since 1989. <laughs> like, I, you know, there's no, there's no sacred, uh, sacred cow, cow here. Yeah. Like, the, the Ghostbusters stuff has been up and down. Um, so, and like, you know, there, there have been some bad games. I like this game a lot. This was, this was a solid, this was a solid Ghostbusters three. And they just frankly. remade this a couple years ago. Yeah, they did a remaster last year that it year yeah. before, and it was, it was fine. It's good. Um, would you rather have something like this, a more traditional kind of action adventure? I would, yeah. I don't, a, I don't care about a multiplayer Ghostbusters really? game at all. You don't, you don't like, think it would be fun to play as some of the crazy villains from no, Ghostbusters? No. No. I, I have no interest in that, really. Like, maybe if you put in villains from the cartoon, like you put in, like, Sandman and yeah. Sahain and, and stuff like that, that would be fun. But if you're just going to throw Gozer and Vigo at me, like, I don't care, really. I, it's meh. Like, what are you going to do? Like... Giant Who are you gonna mar- call Giant Marshmallow Man? Like <laughs> it's never fun to play giant characters in these multiplayer games because they have to be balanced, right? You know that was the frustration of like uh, what was that? Uh, what was that? What was that asymmetrical multiplayer game? Hunting the, hunting the monsters it was a huge thing. Hunt got showdown? Best. No, it was that like was the, actually good. No, it was banned with an E. I think it was the 
You know, it was, the, it was the big thing. It got awards at E3 and PAX, and it came out. It was all multi microtransactions, and it came out, and everybody, nobody liked it. Mm. You remember what, being under the E? It was like no. Uh, it was a big deal. It like it was it was at everything. For oh, long. oh, it was made by Evolve. The Evolve. Yeah, yeah, I remember. That's that. what I think of when I think of giant things in a multiplayer setting. Because like, it's like, oh, you're just gonna walk around, and everybody's gonna be a dodger attack really easily, and bleh. Um, no, none of that sounds interesting to what, me. What foiled that game for me was like all the trapping stuff that you yeah. had to do. And, we, it, the, uh, and now we're talking about a game where the big thing is you're supposed to trap things. That's true. That's a good point. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> think about it. Like the main the main action of Ghostbusting. There's trapping in Friday the 13th yeah, as well. The main action of Ghostbusting is you, you have to zap them with the beams and you hold them in place over the trap and you pull them down into the trap. Right, yeah. And Here's the problem with that is that is that is not fun to happen to you as a as a player. Right. If you're the ghost. Yeah. So you need to give them ways out of that. And if you're giving them all these ways to break out of that, that is going to be annoying to the Ghostbusters player. Yeah. So I do not see a, a situation in which this is just not two teams of people irritating the fuck out of each other. Yep. Uh, Vincent brought up a good point too. They also made uh, the recent Predator game. Uh, you're not you're not helping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't acquit them any better than no. uh, Friday the 13th. I mean, like, it does seem like a pretty easy assumption that that is pretty much what this is going to be. Probably. Um, yeah. You know, the Ghostbusters fighting a probably a really powerful demon or ghost kind of thing. Yeah, in a first-person perspective, I would yeah. probably guess, which makes no sense. Because which is a shame, because you want to see, you yeah. see the, the packs and the ghosts. Yep. And the, yeah. uh, we don't have much details on this as far as when it's coming. Um, is When is the next film coming? Uh, later know? this year, I think. Oh, the afterlife thing. Yeah. Okay. Should be this year. Is my this, guess is the is, game is, is will not month? be done by then. If it is, that's a really bad. No, sign. that's not going to be done in time. <laughs> um, yeah, Ghostbusters Afterlife has been delayed. If it comes um, out next year, then maybe they have. No, a chance. it's this year. It's uh, it's November nineteenth. Yeah. So we're not going to see um, any sort of synergy there with no. the film or anything. Well, I will say that they showed Ghostbusters Afterlife to a convention, like a like a gathering of d- distributors a few months ago. And it got raves. Wow! Like supposedly it's and these are the these are the people that have to make money off this thing, right? Uh, by showing it in their theaters, and they loved it. Well, if it's so, that good, then maybe. Yeah, I guarantee you, the kids in that movie will be selectable characters in this thing. Well, if it's that good, then maybe the game coming out next year it will sustain it, and it might work. Maybe instead of you know, but you we'll never see. know what's going to resurrect a franchise or an IP all of a sudden and you know, this this movie uh, the reputation so the buzz so far is that it's good enough to do it we'll see okay uh, so anyway that's Ghostbusters no date no platforms announced yet although I'm guessing it's probably going to maybe be PS5 series exclusives yeah, um, we'll see although at with an IP rate, like it, that at this probably... rate it might be done in time for the next movie <laughs> you're right though it might be that might be what they're targeting uh, but anyway when we get more details we'll share those with you uh, next up we're going to talk about Netflix um, uh-huh. Netflix has acquired a game developer, Matt. Uh-huh. Um, why would Netflix want to acquire a game developer? To get to the other side? <laughs> like a chicken crossing the road? Uh-huh. Um, it, it, it acquired... I, I, I saw this news and I thought of that meme with the, with the cat in the suit with the paper where he just puts the paper down and goes, I should buy a boat. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what this made me think of. So they bought the studio behind Oxenfree, mm-hmm. which and uh, the Afterlife. They did Afterlife. Too. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called Night Dive Studios. One, why would Netflix acquire a game developer? Two, why would it acquire that developer? Well, I think they'd re- acquire that developer because their games are very narrative driven. 
and you could easily take anything they you could make a TV you could make make a Netflix show out of Oxenfree and Afterlife pretty easily. So yeah, Afterlife especially. Yeah, if you want to synergize um, a game release with a an accompanying Netflix show, that would be a good choice of developer to do that with. I would think. I mean, Oxenfree. How they release the game is kind of my question. Like they. Stream it on Netflix? Do they release it as a normal game with a, just like a publishing arm of Netflix? Well, they already went through this, actually, that? because they have games now available on Netflix, and you just search for it mm-hmm. just like it's a TV show or a film. And it's not like uh, Night Dive's games are like Twitch games you need nope. reflex, you know, like responsiveness to play, so that could work that way. Um, I th- uh, And I think this has to also be sort of an outgrowth of, w- of what you're seeing with The Witcher, and I know The Witcher is not based on the games, it's based on the books, but yeah. people know The Witcher because of the games, and if you're Netflix, you have to be looking at like, wow, video games maybe have this goldmine of other like, narrative ideas that we just haven't dug into much, and this might be their sort of baby step in that direction. I think they may have acquired this studio for the sole purpose of making Life is Strange video games. Life is Strange? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's who they should have acquired, actually, is mm-hmm. the studio that makes Life is Strange. Um, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, that could be. I seriously think they may but have bought them just to make Stranger Things games because the vibes of after their games party. That's right. uh, are, are already, like, perfect yeah. for that. And Vincent points out it's Night School Studios. Oh, I said Night Dive. Yeah, right? Night Dive is a studio, but is there's the, another one. They did, another one. They did the Turok remasters. Wait, Night School did or Night Night Dive. So Night School is the studio that was bought by Netflix. And Night School does Oxenfree. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that part we got right. Um, and you're right. Those games are mostly narrative-driven. If you're trying to create sort of shoulder marketing for your shows, um, you probably want those games to be narrative-driven. Um, and so it's kind of a good match in that way. I just, I just can't see the advantage of buying one of these studios versus just paying some studio to build something for you, which is pretty much what it's done in the past Mm. for its various games based upon its properties. Uh, Buying the studio is a way of saying we're serious about this. Yeah. I I would also argue that right now there are tons of indie studios that are looking at what this studio did in order to get acquired by Netflix. Yeah. Crossing their fingers that it happens to them. Although, you know, remember that Netflix spends billions of dollars a year year with no real revenue stream. Yeah. So no one knows how long that's going to last. Yeah, I mean, Pactor, he's, he's really taking a beating over his uh, evaluation of Netflix's stock because he keeps saying what you just said. They're not yeah. making money. They've, not, they've never made money. There's they, no they're reason throwing, why. They are throwing hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> into a hole, and sometimes a really good show pops out of yeah. it. Yeah. But they have no revenue stream. I know. And I mean, that can only do, go so long. They do, but it doesn't make them a profit. It doesn't, it doesn't there's no cover prof- the. It's not a profit deal. Yeah, as, would as say. Pactor would say. <laughs> and uh, there's no, there's no, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of this stuff. Kind of this, this interactive. You know, Hasbro just did this too. They didn't buy a studio, but they formed a studio in in Raleigh. I think. Is it? Yeah, they're called the New Raleigh Durham Studio. Wizards of the Coast created it over mm-hmm. there. Um, alongside the one that was making like the Dungeons and Dragons stuff. So mm-hmm. this one is going to make. Hasbro stuff. No. So they got a GI Joe game in the pipeline, and presumably more. They like that's they they're just going to churn out triple A Hasbro games for based on Hasbro toy properties. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. They're going to put out one GI Joe game in like two years. It's going to be incredibly <laughs> mediocre. No one's going to care because no one wants a GI Joe game in the first yeah. place. They're going to shut the studio down, and six months later, a bunch of badass concept art for an awesome looking Transformers game that they had to shut down because they shut the fucking studio down is going to leak and make me sad. That's 
what's going to happen. That is what's going to happen to the new Raleigh Durham studio. Just so you know, everyone who works there right now. You're only getting one game out, I promise. We've seen this before. And it's going to be a G.I. Joe game. I hope you're happy. Hasbro. Why are you not leading with the Transformer game? Why are you not leading with the property that has actually sustained for 40 damn years? Yeah, that would make more Lead sense. Lead with the profit guy. Yeah. Lead with the one that still has fucking movies coming out. It's just fans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw Snake Eyes. We all saw Snake Eyes. I didn't. Well, you know. <laughs> Actually, well, a lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't see Snake Eyes. That's and the I'll problem. put it to you this way: I have suffered through all the Transformers movies, right. even I'll, though I'll, I know they're not going to be good. Bumblebee is great, but the other ones. And I'll say that, yeah, Bumblebee is great. I'll say this: um, uh, the poster they gave out at the Snake Eyes premiere is the nicest poster I have ever seen given out at a at a fan premiere event. It was is like this big, and it's like really thick tag board. Like you couldn't roll it. It was like super stiff. Wow. It was embossed, like the 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 symbol and him and the the title of the movie were all embossed out. It was shiny. It was nice to touch. It was mm-hmm. real. It was a beautiful piece of work. And after the movie, as we were walking out, there were hundreds of them just left on seats. Like oh, no geez. one wanted to remember what they'd just seen. Oh lord. So. <laughs> I'm I'm going I'm just making the proclamation. Transformers still works. GI Joe. I don't think there's any way to bring that into the modern day. And if you want to turn some sort of team of guys fighting a team of evil guys thing to connect them to Transformers and make that some kind of franchise, you have to use Mask mm. because the Mask vehicles can be retro engine retroactively re-engineered Transformers tech. Oh. that's how you get those vehicles. Why do the vehicles transform? Because they were backward, backwards compatibly engineered from transform dead Transformers. Mm. That's how you do that. Interesting, Matt. Can we both agree that media companies buying game development studios is generally a terrible idea? I mean, it, for both it the, rarely them works out and for the studio. I mean, it works out. I'm sure in the short short term for the people who who profit from it as the owners of the studio. But right. in, ter- in generally, you 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 would predict the uh, life expectancy of that company to be pretty short. Yep. Like we, when I worked at uh, Viacom. And look, I guess you get the people who did that can always just go form another one, right? Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like maybe that's kind of part of the cycle. But like, you feel like there's people that got to get left in the dust by that on the on the more programming lower level employee side. We were, when I was working at um, Spike TV and Game Trailers, we had a studio at Viacom that developed the Deadliest Warrior video games. And those, those poor people, you know, the first game surprisingly did pretty well. Only video game with my name in the credits, by the way. This, hmm. In all my years in this industry, that's the only game that has my name in the credits. Um, Mine is in Fable. Is it? Because I'm in it. You're in it. I won a uh, I won an auction at the first Pax Child's Play auction or Penny Arcade Child's Play auction to be a character in Fable. Huh. So there is a priest in the first Fable named after me. They I'm listed as a consultant for <laughs> for Deadliest Warrior because they kept they would email me every week with a new build. I'd play it. I'd send them a little bit of feedback about it. But anyway, first game did surprisingly well, shockingly well. Second game tanked, and then they all were out of a job, and the studio was dissolved. So mm-hmm. I have first hand experience of this. Also, I just felt bad for them because just the way that they were treated inside Viacom because they don't get it. They're not a game development publisher. And so their deadlines were unrealistic. They didn't care how bad the game was. There's just all this stuff that happens when you start mixing the mediums, when you have a media company owning a game development studio. It rarely ever works out. So I wish the best to these guys. I hope it does work out. And I think if... They really, as I had suggested, are just making um, games for uh, Stranger Things. They may love it. Well, here's the thing. They um, may like it there. 
I don't think that's probably accurate because if we know Netflix, Stranger Things has maybe another season. Yeah. They're going to kill that show. Because they'll make a bad season. And... They've already made two bad seasons. But um, <laughs> uh, they need to finish that story, basically. Yeah. Like, get to something. Because we don't know any more about the Upside Down than we did in the second episode of season one. That's true. Like, they have yeah. never done anything with the premise. I'll keep watching, though. It's like The Walking Dead. I'm a sucker for it at this point. I did enjoy watching. season three. I thought season three finally figured out that, oh, we're here for these characters, not for the yeah. not for your dumb story. Yeah. Like, I want to see these characters with each other. Yeah. Um, I don't care about your stupid... They're getting old now, too. It's going to yeah, lose kind of that, like... Yeah, Stranger Things, the college years, is not going to yeah. have the same appeal, really. Exactly. So now I'm wondering how they're handling that. Anyway, we got to move on. Uh, we're going to talk next about, finally... We have the final character for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. It was announced this morning during. It's not a direct. Sakurai no, it was, has, it was literally just a Smash Brothers presentation. Yeah, um, and the final character, if you haven't heard, is Sora. How do you feel about that, Matt? It's fine. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I uninstalled Smash Brothers a long time ago. I don't care. Um, I did like the tr- the the reveal. Thing I also I very much enjoyed that the reveal is basically starts with a giant troll that it might be Dark Souls, um, which is very funny to me. Uh, what made you think that? Because the there's a fucking bonfire, there's a little firelight shrine thing there. Like that's what they're doing at the beginning is he's coming up to activate the bonfire. Like it's literally a Dark Souls reference. Really? Yeah, that's what that. I, I didn't pick up I, on that at all. Oh, absolutely. That's the first thing I thought. Everybody's like all weird and quiet and has like gone to stone. You know, they're all back to toy form and like Mario comes up and activates the bonfire. Like that was, that was, I mean, I didn't think that was going to be, but that was, you know, they always like to troll a little bit in some of these reveal yeah. things. And that was the troll to me. It was, it was, it wow. Was, I didn't uh, pick up on that at all. Um, I'm disappointed, I, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I haven't played Smash Brothers in like two years. Um, how have the fans reacted to this, Matt? Uh, seems to be pretty positive for most of Yeah, I mean, okay Sora is a pretty natural fit for, for this. It, it, see, when I think of Kingdom Hearts, literally the first thing that comes to my mind is terrible combat. Yeah. And so, to me... The, I mean, the first one, sure. I think two, Birth by Sleep, and to some degree three have good combat. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it got passable eventually. No, um, you, need to, you need to watch some serious combo videos on that thing. The, the combat in those games is, is solid. Definitely. I just I'm not talking not about like one. if you can pull off an eighty string combo. I'm talking about how it felt to play. Like it just I felt thought it just felt like whatever. Like No, nah, I don't agree with that for two at all. Or really? Or I felt completely sleep. disconnected from the combat no, in that game. No, not a, no. I will I will criticize Kingdom Hearts all day, you know that. The combat is not a thing I have any issues with. I, I feel like it has no weight. It's just like you're flailing a paper mache mm, keyblade. Uh, wow. Well, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I okay. think it sucks. Go, go <laughs> so, ahead. So that my as first someone, impression as, of this was, okay, a game that has shitty combat, try, a, the lead character coming into a fighting game. Like, I, it did nothing for me at all. Um, Kingdom Hearts 2's combat is as good as at least B-tier fighting games. Um, they, uh, as I some, do not as agree someone, with that at As all. someone who has done the fighting game combat thing for most of his life. I mean, so uh, have I. Kingdom I Arts, played fighting games since I was to barely I, reach an not, arcade cabinet. Not to the degree I do. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say and, and I, Kingdom Hearts 2, I mean, some of them are. Kingdom Hearts 1's combat is ass. Like, it is. Um, very stiff and very weird and clunky and driven by the menu in a weird way, which I'm, you know what I'm shocked by? That they didn't do, like, some. maybe it was too early, but 
I'm shocked they didn't remake that in some way for those remastered collections. Yeah. Like, they didn't do, like, a Mass Effect 1 I gotta revamp. say, Sora is finally here. Like, did everyone think he was going to be a character? Sora won the poll four years ago. Oh, they didn't announce that until today. That explains it. Sora has been oh. the most wanted character for Smash Brothers forever. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. They Because remember they announced Bayonetta won that poll? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't true. So really? What, so they, they said that today. Like So what happened was, <laughs> that was Iwata's decision, apparently. Wow. It was basically... Uh, Bayonetta was was a, was high up there, but Bayonetta was the the top character they could do, like feasibly. they could get, like they could feasibly get because they didn't. Could, as far they, as licensing, like they and... didn't even want to touch Disney stuff yet right. at that point. Um, and th- this is what I was referring to earlier in the show when I said there's things that are always happening behind the scenes. They've been working on getting Sora for like five years. Jeez. Like this has been a long time in coming. But, like, yeah, they, they specifically decided not to announce who the real winner of that poll was because they knew they couldn't get him then. Now, did they lie and say that Bayonetta no. won the poll? They said they, Bayon- they said Bayonetta. It was a phrasing thing. It was something okay. like Bayonetta was the was the top the top winner of the viable They found some way to, like that. Yeah, to it was, phrase it. Where there, it was a weasel word thing, but they did. If you go back and look at it, it wasn't. It was like a they thing. They didn't like, lie. Uh, yeah. It was like a bayonet <laughs> is the one we can get for you. So that's the top we're going to get. And they said something like she was the number one here and the top 10 here. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a little sketchy. But now today, they like Sakurai admitted, like, yeah, yeah the, the real like overall winner was Sora. Okay. Um, What's going to happen with this game now? Is it just going to ride off into the sunset? I don't know. I wonder how many people are still playing it at this point. I think it's still pretty well played. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's still got numbers on Twitch. It's still up there, I have to imagine. Huh. Uh, I think that translates into some amount of continued community interest, and there's still tournaments happening. And it's still, yeah. you know, it's still regularly played by, by the, the community. Like, I think it's, I think it's as much as, as doing as well as you can expect a game as old as it with what it is to yeah. be doing. Yeah, I mean, sure. why do you think they ended it so soon? Because, um, I mean, we're not going to get another Smash Brothers, I'm guessing, for another two, three years. Well, like you said last week, Sakurai wants to do something else with his life, basically. Right, but why don't you just find somebody else to work on it? Maybe, I don't know. Like, maybe whoever wants to do the next... I also think you just keep this going as a platform moving forward. And maybe now, like, their next task is to, you know, bring you know start working on bringing this forward to whatever the next hardware is. Because I feel like you don't abandon this. Yeah, it's, it's it would seem insane to, to abandon it. I don't understand why nintendo would decide to do that that's why it's mm-hmm. like look i get sakurai is a huge part of this but you can keep making this game without him it's not that it's not like it's that crazy sure. like, but like but like you should you know if they want to do a new era then like you can start that later i wonder if i don't trust nintendo to be able to like get like all the characters like are, are all the characters in this like if you just own the game do you have all the characters or do you have to pay no, for you them? gotta get passes right all, so i wonder like i don't do you trust nintendo whenever they release a new version of this to get all my characters that i've paid for from this over into the new one um i don't know that i, I don't do. i mean the third party stuff may or may not you yeah know. like although the licensing for that too the license for that you would hope that the, whatever thing they signed for this would have pretty have extensive, in, in perpetuity yeah, in there per, somewhere yeah, some yeah. kind of thing like that yeah um and most of them, I, th- mo- I think Sora is one of the few examples of someone that you would have a problem keeping because everyone else is pretty much, car- you know, companies they have regular and good relations with. The only one who might get weird about it is Disney. Mm-hmm. And Disney does have part ownership of uh, the Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, they don't own Sora. Um, do who they own does Sora? own Sora? They do own Sora. Oh, they, they do? They, o- they do own everything, I think. Um, everything Kingdom Hearts? Yeah. Square has some kind of say in it because there's Final Fantasy stuff in it. Right. But um, And they make it and publish it, obviously. But I believe Disney owns, like, Sora, Riku, and Kairi and the original characters. Notice there aren't any, like, of them. 
in this. Right. Because they would be separate licenses. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like there's no team up attacks. There's no. none of that stuff. It's just it's just no. Sora. Someone, someone it was I think it was Schreier was joking on Twitter like that Sora's final smash should just be him explaining the story. <laughs> and everybody just dies. Uh, and everyone dies. <laughs> <laughs> that I can get behind. Absolutely. Uh, for me, it was a little bit of a letdown because I don't care about Kingdom Hearts that much. I definitely mm. don't care about the story in Kingdom Hearts like at all. I do care about. I mean, I I wish Kingdom Hearts was better right. than it is, but I do like it and yeah. I have enjoyed it. And I'll admit, like that, you know, the music they play, they played in the trailer from the you know that's the opening of the original Kingdom Hearts. Like that still gets me. I, I dig okay. it. I'm into it. Um, it was cool to see you know the Keyblade pop up, and uh, uh, Kirby looks adorable with the Sora hair. Yeah, and and the little like Keyblades. <laughs> he, he that's, that's what I forget. There's that's always a component of it too. How do the other characters yeah. interact with the new character? Um, it looks like he's got pretty much every look you'd want. He's got his, you know, the looks from the three main games. He's got the black and white, you know, rubber hose animation, uh, you know, Steamboat Willie yeah. look. Like, this, you know, they're doing it up. I've never been a big Smash player at all. Not Me ever. Even the N64 one, like, I played I, it a fraction of I what I played the N64 and Melee a fair amount. But like Melee I, is the one I played the most. I think that most people played Melee the most. Even Which clue, is weird. Melee is still the most popular one. Because the GameCube did not sell it especially well. No, but everybody loved Melee. Yeah. And most, I think a lot of most bought it just for melee. Yeah, I think most uh, Smash Brothers players would would say that melee is still the best one. Yeah, but this I, one this one is well regarded. But I, I don't it, know I don't I, I don't know if it's surpassed melee in most people's views. Well, what I was getting at is I never played it that much. I've never been a huge fan of it, but I still feel this tinge of sadness today. I don't mm. know why. Like, I mean, Smash Brothers ain't going anywhere. There's yeah, gonna be more. I mean, it's gonna go off the radar now for a while. A little bit, but like they'll be back. They'll be back. Like, I don't know. Well, I'm form. not going to ruin it, but one of the questions for this round of Pactor Factor is, like, when is Nintendo's next platform coming out? And based upon Pactor's answer to that, and I, he explains it in detail, and I tend to agree with him, it's going to be a while. Mm-hmm. Um, There's so, no reason. What? There's no reason for it. For what? A new platform. Like, it's still selling fine. They don't need to do that. Yeah. So I really think it's going to be I mean, be I wish they while. would because I'm tired of playing these, like, janky choppy mobile ver- yeah like, but like but yeah, yeah like they don't have to they don't need to yeah and so i think it is going to be a while till we get another smash yeah um, and so I, I think the tinge of sadness isn't for me i think it's for the it's for the fact that i know there are so many people that love it yeah but there will still be balance patches and like tweaks yeah. and things happening and like this just means that everybody knows what the roster is and people can just dive into everything mm-hmm. people can just Dig through this thing and figure there's out what, everything. Eighty some, yeah, it's playable like, characters. Yeah, there's there, they, there's there's years and years and years of tech to discover in this thing. There's, like so, yeah. I, I don't think anyone's gonna run out of stuff to do in Smash Brothers Ultimate. Okay, uh, all right, we're gonna move on to the last topic of today's show. And some of you guys may have joined late, and you're like, "Wait a minute, how are you wrapping up the show already?" The show's shorter today because Matt and I are going to record a deep dive on Far Cry 6 to go up at embargo tomorrow morning. So uh, we got to cut Game Face proper a little shorter this week. We're still going to do Name That Game, so don't go away. Uh, and our last topic, we're going to wrap up Tokyo Game Show. Um, such as it is. Such as it were. Uh, Matt, in fact, let me grab this really quickly. Um, you so can I show can, that picture? So I can show the people Yeah, what Tokyo Game Show has become. I have it here in the TriCaster. It's got to grab it and bring it up. Or actually, I do not, unfortunately. Hmm. So, Tokyo Game Show happened this past week. It may be hard to know that, especially if you don't go to sifted.net, where we did have like a hub. I think it was just more of a nod to TGS more than anything. 
Although I'll say this, that page ended up getting pretty populated. Um, but it got populated with a bunch, generally a bunch of crap. Um, it was, I wish I had, I had made that image too. It stinks that I didn't bring it hmm. because it was really disturbing to see Tokyo Game Show. They tried to do it in person, which yeah. I mean, it wasn't public, but but they had they a had a they had a convention a, a hall. booth. <laughs> they or had two. Eight. There were eight. Uh, there were eight booths total, all in one room. They didn't even fill up the room. No, not even close. I, mean, I wish there was a wider shot of the whole room, the whole space, because you know we've been there, and yes. like that is a tiny fraction of it yeah i mean that room is gigantic yeah. and the photo just shows the booth mm. you don't get to see the empty space yeah like i want a picture from the little balconies up right. top on the far end of this <laughs> like, where you can barely see that there's things on the other side yeah so i mean like i'll commend them for doing tokyo game show at all because look we haven't done e3 mm-hmm. we haven't done gamescom we haven't done pax like oh none of that stuff has come back yet um quakecon any of it but they did do TGS, albeit it looked like it was just for like industry folks and press. I don't think they let the public. Yeah, no, in there all. was no public element. To um, this. But it was really sad to see the show in that state. And look, it's been going downhill for years at this point, um, and we've seen saddening images from Tokyo Game Show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was really stark. Um, but again, at least they tried it. And yeah, I mean, it's, we'll see what it looks like next year. Next year, yeah, I think it'll look really good next year because people are going to be like wanting to get out and mm-hmm. do stuff um, no matter where you live and no matter where you live in the world in fact uh, but there were some stories that came out of it some good some bad some confusing hmm. the biggest one I think Matt was that Konami announced that it is going to create original games in the Metal Gear Silent Hill and Castlevania franchises um, and fans are freaking out. They're like, oh, no, this is terrible. Yeah, well, I mean, that pretty much sounds like a threat to me. Because <laughs> we remember Metal Gear Survive. I mean, Konami tried to make a Metal Gear game mm-hmm. without Kojima, and it ended up being this weird, like, multiplayer spinoff thing that was hardly even a blip on the radar, um, rejected by fans, and rightfully so. It was bad. Yeah, it was very ironically titled. What? Very ironically titled. Because it needed to be decent to survive, and it did not. Um, It was not decent. Um, How do you feel about Konami taking this on? Now, obviously, its internal studios aren't going to develop this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's going to pay some other studio. they're going to farm things out. There's even rumors that they're approaching Kojima about Silent Hill again. Oh, really? So We'll see if that actually... I did not see that. We'll see if that turns out to have any water in it. Yeah, I didn't see anything about that. Um I mean... Finally, a port of the Pachinko games or something? I don't know. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, so... I mean, at least the fact that they're doing collections of Castlevania stuff is some kind of positive thing. Like, Which would you rather have happen, Matt? Would you rather have Konami do this and farm it out to third parties, or would you rather it just sold the IP to other publishers? Um, I would rather they just sell it off, and whoever's interested can buy it. Like, To be honest, I'm not inter- I don't care about Metal Gear... I haven't cared about Metal Gear for a very long time, um, even before Kojima left. Three got me close to not caring, and four sealed the deal. I liked four. And then I played five, Yeah, and it was okay. Like, none of it ever reached the heights of one. No. Of Uh -uh. Metal Gear Solid. That was always always the one that was like, oh, wow. He shot his shot. Yeah. It seems like, it's, it's like they always say with bands, like their first album, a band's first album is all the songs that they have written all the things that they've experienced through mm-hmm. their entire life. 
Yeah. All goes into that album. Yeah, in this case, his first 3D game. Right. Kojima had all these ideas and finally got to make it as cinematic as he wanted it to be. It all goes into that album. And then you have two years to make the second album. Mm -hmm. And so what are you drawing from then? Because you've drawn from your whole life to make that first one. And then the second one comes. And, I mean, that's where it started flying off the rails. Metal Gear Solid 2. You can see why he wanted to stop. He he had told his story. And everything Mm -hmm. after 2 just really feels like... Tap dancing, yeah. Um, Trying to sustain it, yeah, and more, and just more and more. It just, it doesn't feel planned. It doesn't feel like it all fits together. Um, Do you think Kojima would want the Metal Gear IP back? No, I think he's, he's got to have other things to do yeah. at this point. Like he's, people I, are like I wouldn't praying want it. that like they, he buys it or whatever. Why or would they he get want, his studio to make it or whatever? Why would he want to do another one of those? He's wanted to stop doing it since two. Right. Yeah, like, I don't see it either. Let the man live his life. Let the man make what he wants to make. I do agree with you, though. I don't trust Konami as far as I get though no. with my left arm. Like, so, and I'm right-handed, by the way. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I got like Silent Hill. I, I mean, I don't know who would make a good Silent Hill game at this point. I, I'm Uber Team. The I've written off Silent Hill at this point. The last good Silent Hill game was two and three, mm-hmm. and the last one that real I really loved was two. And I am fine with Silent Hill no longer existing because, as far as I'm concerned, it hasn't for a long yeah. time. Like it's, it, it's the last time I played a Silent Hill game I really enjoyed. I was in my 20s. Like I don't, yeah. I live just fine without Silent Hill <laughs> all this time. Castlevania, I would, I would like to see Castlevania continued, but apparently that is going to be in house. So God knows what the hell they're going to churn that out as. Well, I mean, they put um, out that mobile game not long ago that was, yeah, that came and went, and no one realized. At it. this point, I'm just like, can you just give me like I don't know, like the DS collection and maybe a, Leg- a Lord of Shadows collection and leave me alone. Yeah. Like, would that that be fine? I'd be fine with that. I'd have like a, kind of everything collected on modern systems and backwards compatible things, and on my PC, and I could just sort of uh, forget that any of that ever happened. Beyond that, I would prefer, uh, like you, to see these all sold. Yeah, um, give me and, somebody that can do something with it. Yeah, yeah, and I do. I do think there are studios that can handle Silent Hill and do a good. Give job from on it. software Castlevania. I mean, I'd be cool with the Resident Evil team creating a Silent Hill. Sure, like there there are studios that can do it. I just do not buy. Ha, let Capcom buy Silent Hill and put it in the Resident Evil universe. Like cross yeah. them over. Like yeah. turn them. Like being like, oh, actually, these are all the same thing that would be weird i would like to play a good 3d castlevania game before i die yeah like those couple that mercury steam did were okay like they're good i mean the first one's good the second one's not yeah but Um, i would like to play a great 3d castlevania before i die sure so yes i'd like to see that sold off i'd like to see all three of them sold off um and because i just don't trust konami at all to do it so it's it's that news that you get where you're like, yeah, I'm glad they're not going away, but oh, wait a minute. Konami's going to have a part in it? I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. Um, another kind of big story from Tokyo Game Show, a new publisher just kind of raised from the ether out of nowhere. It's called 110 Industries. Um, at first, I thought the publisher may have been from Japan. It turns out it's from Switzerland, and it debuted a trio of games. The first one was called... Vengeance is Mine. It is a mech combat game. And literally, the whole teaser trailer is just different close-ups and pans of a mech. That's literally the whole trailer. So we didn't get much information about this one. Um, It literally just shows a mech. And it's coming in, like, 2023. So they're showing this early. The other thing I should mention, too, about this this publisher, Matt, all of these games, next-gen only. Mm -hmm. They're PC, PS5, Xbox Series. Every one of them. The second one, and the one that I think that most people will find interest in, is called Wanted Dead. It is a game from a bunch of former 
Team Ninja developers, minus Itagaki. He is not along for the ride. It literally looks like his old Valhalla studio just left him in the dust and started making games, Hmm. Um, which is interesting. And the game looks like, in a lot of ways, Devil's Third 2. It is an action combat, hack and slash, wrestling, weird action adventure. Um, I think it literally may be Devil's Third 2. Like, they have worked on it, and they're like, well, this is never coming out. Let's see if we can find a publisher for it. But, I mean, doesn't it look like that to you? It does have some similarity there, yeah. Yeah. Um, This is also next-gen only, PS5 and Xbox Series and PC. Um, I think this one's also coming in 2023. Um, And just for reference, here is a look at Devil's Third. Um, Just so you can see very quickly the similarities that we were talking about with this. We can get to some combat here. But they're very similar. I really think that this game started as a sequel to Devil's Third, and they're just spinning it out now. They found a publisher for all the work that they had maybe done on it already. Um, Not surprised that they would leave Itagaki in the dust and do their own thing. He can be very overbearing. He can be very difficult to work for. Um, I don't know what he's up to these days. But, yeah, you can see a lot of the same elements in Devil's Third as what we're getting in uh, Wanted Dead. So it's good to see old Team Ninja folks still going at it and doing something. Game doesn't look great, though. At least I don't think Mm -hmm. it looks great. Um, I kind of like what they're after in terms of how the combat's flowing, but it looks very rough. That's what they're good at. If there's one thing that they're good at, that's it. And then the third game from 110 Industries is a game called Red Goes Faster. It is a futuristic racing game, also again for PS5, Xbox Series, and PC, uh, where you play, where you live on the replacement for Earth, and the only way you can get off the planet is if you win a race. Hmm. So it sounds a little bit like Death Race or whatever. Um, But again, this one's not coming until 2024. I wonder if that'll survive uh, Games Workshop's legal team. Maybe not, because uh, that's that's a, that's. I mean, I know it's it's a joke, but like that's that's the orcs' power basically in Warhammer 40k is that red things that are painted red go faster. Yeah, yeah. So I, I and they're they're a litigious bunch. So it wouldn't surprise me if they, that name got changed. It's possible. Um, but those were the three games from this publisher that just came out of nowhere. Again, it's 110 Industries from Switzerland. Maybe a, a name to keep uh, keep in the back of your mind. Um, and then there was an update on Stranger in Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. Um, it is coming out on May, March. I'm sorry, March 18th. Um, they also said that they made a ton of changes to the game based upon feedback from the demos. That's encouraging as long as they are listening to the right feedback. Mm-hmm. I also like that they apparently they had to change their plans for the ad campaign because it was going to hinge on the mystery of who the who Jack is, but everybody figured it out already. Are you kidding me? So they're just like, <laughs> oh, we'll just do something else then, I guess. Is that true? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, they're going to hinge on like how what a mystery character Jack is and who he could be really be. No but everyone's way. like, no, he's Garland, right? He's, <laughs> a, he's, he's the first boss of the original game. Like, yeah. Well, like Square Enix actually put out its own comparison video showing the stuff from the original demo and how it changed it based upon fan feedback. So it's definitely taken it seriously, and I think that's a good call. Um, uh, because that demo fans, sucked. Right. Yeah. And most fans were not happy with it at all. Um, and it's interesting, too, to me that they've managed to change this stuff so quickly and that it's coming out 
in four or five months. I mean, parameters aren't hard to change. Like redoing a Costumes whole model is and, different. But like, yeah. if you just you're just tweaking damage stuff. Oh no, they change like character models. Oh, they change character yeah. models. I mean, some of that can can be done pretty fast if you get good yeah. people, I guess. I mean, once you have the character model created, especially if you're not just, doing pre-rendered cutscenes, right. then you're then you're stuck. Yeah, then you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to pay all that money to get them redone with the new models or whatever. Uh, but there's some pretty drastic changes that they made to the visual parts of the game. It doesn't seem like they made a lot of changes to the actual gameplay, though. Um, but again, Square Enix was so hyped about it, it put out its own comparison video for it. Um, and then the rest of the stuff was just really small. I mean, and you can see, obviously, <laughs> Tokyo Game Show is not what it once was. Shin Megami Tensei Five. they showed a bunch of gameplay for that on a live stream, complete with a boss fight. That game's coming out here pretty soon. Um, I thought it might dominate the show a little bit more than it did, uh, but we did get like a nice 20-minute chunk um, of combat and, as I said, a boss fight, um, which I think that's the first boss fight we've seen from the game. In fact, that was really the first big chunk of gameplay that we've seen from it, but again, it's coming out soon. Um, then there was Atelier Sophie 2, an action RPG. This game is actually coming out pretty soon. It's coming out February 25th for PC, PS4, and Switch. Action RPG from Arc System Works and Gust. Um, did you play the original Atelier, Sophie? I, I played. I don't know. I played old Atelier games back in the back in the PS3 era. I think. Yeah. What do you think of them in general? I think they should put pants on the child. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Like I like the concept of because a lot of them, a lot of them used to be like or used to be. I don't know if they still are, but a lot of them like, like kind of being like alchemy focused and things yep. like that. Well, some of the subtitles um, were like alchemist, blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like they're they're fine, I guess. I they they were they came. There are too many of them. I guess at a certain point, I just couldn't keep up, and I didn't particularly like them that much. Mm-hmm. So I sort of ended up like falling off it. I haven't played one, and probably I can't remember the last one I played. Some, it was sometime on the early PS4. Yep. that's. I mean, this is the first one, I think, that's been made in the PS5 era yeah. since PS5 launched. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, typical Japanese RPG. It is an action RPG, though, um, instead of being turn-based. But it's obviously targeted towards a younger audience, I, I believe. Younger but very hormonal audience. Yeah, um, <laughs> like I kind of slot this series. This series has come to kind of uh, occupy the same space in my mind as like the hyperdimension Neptunia stuff. Yeah, it's just like That's okay, just like good class to put it in. I think just like boobs and skirts and and fantasy crap. Yep, like boobs and skirts and fantasy crap. That's a good way to describe it. Um, and then Microsoft was at Tokyo Game Show. Mm-hmm. It actually had like a presentation, like its own form of a direct. Meanwhile, PlayStation and Nintendo were not at Tokyo Game Show, so points for that for Microsoft. Um, and it announced that a new Tango Works game is happening with uh, Mikami-san. And it also announced that both Redfall and Starfield will be localized for the Japanese market, mm-hmm. which is no small thing. Yeah. Um, does it matter? Japan anymore? Probably not. I feel like Xbox should just give it up. Like, <laughs> it just. I mean, you still got to keep trying. You still got to put stuff out, I guess. I know? guess, like, I don't know. I'm surprised that they're going that far, especially with like Starfield. I mean, St- Starfield, I feel has has some potential. We'll see. I mean, the, I'm just saying the localization and everything. It, that's a lot of work for yeah. a narrative driven game like Starfield. So. Yeah, but you got it's it's kind of a good faith move, I guess. Yeah. And it is the thing that they think is going to be their next big mega hit. Yeah. So you know, if you're yeah. dealing with something you think has the potential to be the next Skyrim. Go ahead, go ahead and localize that sucker. The other thing, too, to keep in mind is that Game Pass may finally be 
Microsoft's ticket into Japan. Because mm-hmm. people there have stopped playing console games for the most part. They're all playing games on their mobile phones. And Game Pass mm-hmm. works on mobile phones. Yeah. I mean, and if you then if you look at like the Series S, which is this small little hell in a small box, basically, um, that might work there too. The smaller form factor of the Series S, Game Pass, be able to play on mobile. It might, but again, I just the market is so small there. It's not worth a lot of effort, I don't think, to try to break in there anymore. So <clears throat> that's it. That's Tokyo Game Show 2021. It's uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Again, I admire that they tried to make it happen, but they may have been better served to just do it remote again. Let the publishers put up whatever stuff they wanted to put up under the TGS 2021 banner uh, and come back next year. Because, I mean, they just basically flush all that money down the toilet of having it at Makuhari Messe. There's really no reason for it. So, again, admire them for their guile in actually having a show because no one in the West has done that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and their numbers there are bad. So, I guess they figured if they could do the Olympics, they could do TGS. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was part of their thinking. I forgot that happened. Yeah. I didn't uh, watch a second of the Olympics. I, I did watch, like, table tennis, a few things, but mm. not a lot. Yeah, I don't think most people did the ratings. Usually I do. The ratings were terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't alone on that one. All right. It's time for Name That Game. For those of you who don't hang out with us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash games, Name That Game is a game that we play where you guys compete against Matt Kyle. Um, I will give you a series of clues, and the objective is to guess the name of the game. Shocker, I know. Um, the clues... Start out very obtuse and become more obvious as we go. Um, you're probably sitting there saying, but wait a minute, Matt's there. It's not fair. We're on chat and it's delayed. Well, that is not a concern because I give the chat all ties and I'll give you guys a few beats um, after Matt answers to see if your answers come in. So we err on the side of caution for the chat. Um, if you win, you win a six pack of stickers. I did see six pack of sifted stickers. I did see somebody ask in the chat last week if we sell those. We do. If you go to sifted.net slash store, you can actually buy uh, the six pack of stickers. I think they're eight bucks. Um, so if you just want to buy them instead of trying to win them fair and square against Matt, you can do that. Uh, but we'll send them anywhere in the world. So no matter where you live, we will send you the stickers if you beat Matt Kyle. Um, let's see. Let me get everything queued up here. Let me get the chat up. So everybody can see if they answer before Matt. And I have five clues for this game. And I know by the fifth one, you guys will get it. I know at the very least Matt will get it by the fifth one, guaranteed. So here we go. The first clue for Name That Game. Let me get the sound up here so I can get the sound effects going. The first clue is A Storm's a Bruin in this action RPG. A Storm's a Bruin in this action RPG. Hmm. Commander Keen, no. That does ring a bell. A Storm's a Bruin in this action RPG. Darksiders, no. Vanquish, no. I don't think Vanquish is an action RPG. Mecha Storm, no. no. Okay. Leisure Suit Larry. No, that's a point-and-click adventure game. Ghost of Tsushima. Is that an action RPG? Maybe. I guess you could Light, light, light version of it. Storm Blades. Wow. Crazy guess there. No. 
Okay, I don't think you guys are going to get it from that one. So let's move on to the second clue. The lead character strikes an interesting tone. The lead character strikes an interesting tone. Hmm. First clue, a storm's a brewing in this action RPG. Second clue, the lead character strikes an interesting tone. Sacred, no. Bard's Tale, no. The Witcher, no. <laughs> Let me take down the graphic from the prior topic. Wind Waker, no. Rise, no. Alundra, no. That's a pretty good guess, though. Heroes of the Storm. That's not <laughs> an action RPG. It's a MOBA. Brutal Legend. Okay, people. The action RPG. It's an action RPG. Skyrim. At least that's an action RPG. <laughs> okay, I don't think you're going to get it from that one either. This one, I think, might give it away, though, so be ready. Third clue. The genie is definitely out of the bottle in this PS2 exclusive. The genie is definitely out of the bottle in this PS2 exclusive. And I'll reread mm. the first two clues. A storm's a brewing in this action RPG. The lead character strikes an interesting tone. I should know it, but I don't. The genie is definitely out of the bottle in this PS2 exclusive. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, no. There it is. Dark Cloud? Yep. Andy T. Monahan got it. Dark oh. Cloud hmm. is the winner. Uh, the, the next clue would have definitely given it away. And here's a round of applause for Andy T. Monahan. Great job. Uh, Dark Cloud. I get it. Yeah, Storm. And then the guy was the main, the main character's name is Tone. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, the, name char- the main character is named Tone. But it's spelled replayed- T-O-A-N. Yeah. yeah. I just replayed that like three years ago. Uh, the fourth clue was going to be its city building elements took things yeah. to another level at the time. Game developed by level five. Yeah. And then the final clue was PlayStation's response to Zelda was much darker. And I think mm-hmm. you definitely would have got it by that. So there you go. I forgot there was a genie in that game. Yeah. That's the main bad guy is a genie. Yeah. And then there's like the crazy city building stuff in mm-hmm. there. Um, I like that game in part because it reminded me of Actraiser. Yeah. Like there was a similar element to that. Although the second one is way better. Yep. Here's a tip though, by the way. Whoever guessed um, The Witcher chances are most of the games I pick for this are not going to be like smash hits. Yeah. I'm not going to like recent. Yeah. Or recent. Most of them are going to be retro games or whatever. Granted the first Witcher was not a smash hit or recent, but like I yeah. get what you're saying. Yep. Uh, so there you go. That's name that game. Andy T. Monahan, send us a DM. You can send it here on Twitch. You can send it on Patreon. You can send me a DM on Twitter. I'm at Dinfire. You can send me a direct message on Sifted.net where I'm at Shane. However you can get to us, get to us. Make sure you include your full name, your full address, and we'll get those stickers out to you immediately. Congratulations, and I'll give you one more round of applause for winning because beating Matt at this is not easy at all. All right. To be fair, I think I've only won one. Is that true? Yeah, the darkness. Yeah. One. You don't have Google. Yeah. But to see, that's so the, the one clue was tone. And you know people are going to go, but it's spelled T-O-A-N. So it mm-hmm. wasn't going to help them. It's very hard to write these clues. You have to think hmm. about all this stuff. Like, what are they going to do with Google uh, when you give them the clues? So anyway, that one actually made it to the third clue. So I'll take it. I knew PS2 exclusive might be the thing that sort of broke the bow. Uh, but these people, look, are, it's all about giving out stickers. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. Like, I would prefer if they win every time. 
because uh, I just want to give stuff away to our awesome supporters. Um, and I don't, I don't expect you to win because they have mm-hmm. all the resources in the world. You have to sit there with a piece of paper and try to figure it out. So <laughs> they should win every time. But you're really damn good, and that's not necessarily going to happen. So there you go. All right, we'll answer a couple questions for Q&A before we go. Um, and then we have to say au revoir so we can uh, work on our Far Cry 6 deep dive. Uh, let's see. People subscribing with Twitch Prime. Let me bring it up. I'm like twisted in knots here. People subscribe on Twitch Prime. Texture Glitch, thank you for Twitch Prime. Derek D111, thank you for Twitch Prime. You guys are awesome. And if you can, always try to hold those until the end of the show so I can recognize. I did see a few people do it in the middle. Uh, we'd like to thank you guys uh, when you do that. So if you can always remember and if you can hang out, um, make sure to try to do it at the end when we can recognize you guys. Um, Commander Fett, what games do you like to play to get in the holiday spirit? Do you want to get in the holiday spirit, Matt? <laughs> Oh, I think October. that's the first thing you yeah. have to assume is that you want to get into the holiday spirit. I mean, there's games that remind me of Christmas time, I guess. That's yeah. I It's whatever game is out. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, Assassin's Creed has traditionally been a game I play in the beginning that's of the one. holiday season because that's about when it comes out. Yep. For some people, I'm sure that would be Call of Duty. Yeah. Because that's right when, you know, early November is when you start really focusing on that. Yeah. Um. I guess you could say something like Christmas Nights. For me, it's just like it's whatever the hot game is that's out. Because if I can just sit down and play it and not have to worry about like playing something else to right. make sure I'm covering it for Game Face or whatever, that gets me in the holiday spirit. Being able to kick my feet up gets me in the holiday yeah. spirit. Knights of the Old Republic 2 reminds me of Christmas because I had to review it over Christmas break. Oh, that makes sense. Um, and then playing for recently playing switch games gets me in the holiday spirit. Cause that means my butt is on a plane mm. and I'm flying to the East coast to celebrate the holidays, which I wasn't able to do last year. So, um, those are the kind of the things that related to gaming that get me, um, into the holiday spirit. Um, one super master gamer, what's your review of Venom 2, Matt? I think he already did that earlier in the show. Um, really dumb, <laughs> incredibly boring, 84 minutes long, but felt much longer uh, the first one I think is a bad movie, but it's fun. Like I enjoy it. Yeah, despite being bad, it kind of knows it and it, it really doubles down. Uh, the new one really feels like a by the numbers, like nineties era superhero movie in a lot of ways that just does not know what, how, again, like kind of like Ghostbusters two does not know why the first one worked like mm-hmm. doubles down on what it thinks is that, which is like, I, you know, like so that's uh, not the first Venom was entertaining. Yeah, it's a it's I think it's a bad movie, but I think it is entertaining. It's fun. I watched to watch. it on a plane and I made it all and the way like, through without yeah. falling asleep. So and uh, this one is just, this one this one is also feels like one long first act. Yeah. Like the it's weirdly structured. There's like when you get to the end of it, you're like, Oh, is this the this is the end? Okay, I guess. Like that's yeah. weird. Um it needed a couple more rewrites. It needed uh, someone who has an idea of how these two characters would fight each other, because it's just the fight scenes are just there's nothing happening through any of it i was i was just completely unengaged by it even though i used to you know i love venom growing up and i enjoy carnage i think carnage is a cool character um and you know uh woody harrelson and uh tom hardy are uh you know hamming it up like hell across from each other they're clearly having a good time um some of those scenes are fun but like Mm -hmm. i don't know overall it just it never really gets going as far as I'm concerned, and none of it none of it really hangs together. Okay. It's bleh. All right. 
Um, texture glitch and JM Rain, thank you for Twitch Prime. Gohan Rage, thank you for Twitch Prime. 39 months in a row, that's awesome, dude. Thank you. Um, oh, here's a good one from Justin Horman. Halo Infinite is just two months away. How important do you think this game is for the future of the franchise? Um, I would say it, it is the future of the franchise. Like, <laughs> if this thing doesn't do what they want it to do, whatever that is, uh, I don't know. I don't know when. I don't know when you see another Halo. Yeah, I think you just sit there and support it for two years, and you know, I, I think they're locked in one way or the other. Can I ever see them shutting down three four three? That would be a hard thing to picture. They're, I think they're too talented to do that. Yeah. They would put them on something, something else, else before they. It's just unfortunate all. that the studio is named after Halo. Right. You know, like that's yeah. It wouldn't matter at that point as long no, as they're making great not. games. Um, I don't think it's all that important, I'll be honest, because the, it's going to be measured differently this time. They're not going to care about how many units they sell, which has been the metric for Halo mm-hmm. until now. That's so, what I mean by does whatever they want it to do. Yeah. Because, okay. like, you yeah. know. Like, like what in, type of engagement yeah, are they whatever the, whatever. I don't know what their success metric is for this one. You know what I mean? I would imagine that no matter what it is, it's probably going to shatter it because – you already have 30 million people on Game Pass. They're all going to... I mean, there, there's going to be more people playing this Halo than any Halo ever. It's mm-hmm. just going to happen. So it will be hard for me to see how it could be a disappointment, although maybe their expectations are way up here. I don't know. But for me, I think it's going to be a success, and I don't think it's that important um, because it's just going to be measured on a different scale than it normally would be. My take, anyway. I will take one more, and then we got to go. Um, Sneaky, we'll take one from you, bro. With Forza being the pinnacle of motorsport, quote unquote, do you think it's time we got bikes? They have buggies, hovercrafts, all sorts, just not bikes. I think they'd be great. Do you like motorcycle racing games in general, Matt? No. I don't either. Um, I think it's a completely different thing from cars. It's hard. They can't ever seem to get the physics of it right. Yeah. The it's handling a, of it right. It's always this you're basically thing where, like, making another game like this. Like, you're, yeah, you're basically making another game at yeah, that point. Yeah, I and I just don't like that you're not protected and it's very easy to get thrown off the bike and blah blah blah. Um, I enjoy riding motorcycles. I have my entire mm-hmm. life in a video game. I do not enjoy it. No, I don't. I don't think bikes have a place in Forza. Yeah, I don't think they fit either. Unfortunately, sorry, Sneaky. Mm. We we still love you, bro. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Turn Ten or somebody take a shot at a bike game. Yeah, if they just but from I, scratch, yeah. yeah. But I don't want to play that in, in Forza. Yep, I agree with that as well. All right, that's going to do it for Game Face episode 273. We didn't quite get it in, in two hours, but we did pretty well, and I'll leave plenty of time for Matt and I to uh, have a good discussion about Far Cry 6. Again, keep an eye out for that early tomorrow. In fact, you'll probably get this and our discussion on Far Cry 6 at like the same time. I'm going to be mm-hmm. up late tonight, but it'll all be worth it for you guys. Um, let's see if there's any housekeeping. Nope. Ask Shane, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, new Pactor Factor, I just want to say thank you to all you. You guys asked great questions this round. Um, in fact, for the first time in a long time, the bulk of the questions came from sifted.net. Um, now the YouTube people have kind of started slacking on asking questions for Pactor Factor, and you guys asked great ones. So we have great rounds of Pactor Factor coming up. Um, but yeah, look for our Far Cry stuff tomorrow, right around the same time we normally publish Game Face. Um, pretty excited for that. It will be a deep dive, which means it'll be full 1080p, 60 frames a second, crispy, crunchy footage. It should be awesome. And I know Matt and I are going to have a great discussion about it. So we'll be back here next Tuesday. And we're here every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. 
at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. If you're watching the show on YouTube, hook us up with Twitch Prime, or better yet, head to patreon.com slash sifted and give us a pledge. At this point, how long have you been watching Game Face? Four or five years? Isn't it time to help a brother out? I mean, come on. It's like we give you three hours a week for free for five years. It's time. So head to patreon.com slash sifted. Hook us up. We need it. Our Patreon is way down at this point, and we appreciate every single do- single dollar that we get. Um, in the meantime, you should follow me on Twitter at Dinfire. Follow Matt at MKyle. And especially if you're watching our stuff on YouTube or you're getting it through any podcast service, you should follow Sifted Games because that's where we post everything when it goes up for free. So we'll be back next Tuesday, same place, same time, same URL. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>